to a serious one. Yeah. Yeah. So joining you live from the World Championship 2023 in Barcelona, the Living Legend Podcast. This episode of the Living Legends Podcast is brought to you by the Banished Zone in Wernersville, Pennsylvania. More than just a hobby store, but a hub for community building and fostering the love of gaming in all of its forms. Whether you're an avid card gamer, a strategic board game aficionado, or a lover of miniature gaming, they have something for everyone. And their carefully curated collection boasts a wide range of games, ensuring that you'll find the perfect fit for your gaming preferences. They only opened their store in June 2023, but already have been fostering a fantastic community. Make sure you visit their store, thebanishzone.com, and use the affiliate code LIVING10LEGENDS for 10% off one order per customer. Make sure you make the most out of it, and stay banished. <laughs> Oh, that American accent is killing me. Anyway, let's get back to the pod. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, uh, yeah, welcome back to the Living Legends podcast. I'm your host for today. My name's Az from Go Again Gaming. And uh, as always, joined by uh, Bill and Kel. How's it going, folks? Been a while. Well, it feels like it's been a while, at least, that we've done this format. It's been <laughs> yeah. exactly one week for all of the listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, but for yeah. us, we uh, we filmed our last one on like, what was it? Not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before. So yeah. it's been like a week and a half for us. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, considering how it's been for the last like year and a half, uh, that's a that's a pretty long time. We we usually uh, it's usually pretty like clockwork once a week. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it feels like it's been longer because we actually recorded it on a Saturday uh, because mm-hmm. We were together on the weekend, um, and uh, recently we've been doing Tuesdays, which is probably why it feels like a bit more, a bit longer since we did this. But yeah, but yeah, are we all adjusted. But are we all adjusted back now, Bill? You obviously you had a big long trip back to Canada, didn't you, from Barcelona? Me, not so yeah. much. Yeah. Oh man, that was uh, <laughs> the the flight. Bla- the flight back was not too bad. Um, it was. A lot better than the flight there. I didn't have a five-hour layover in Montreal uh, like I did on the way there, so that mm. helped out quite a bit. I think I was also able to sleep on the uh, the long-haul flight from Frankfurt to um, to Montreal. I think I probably slept for about half of it, so that also helped a lot. But yeah, yeah I was. I, I, I'm glad that um, it just sort of lined up that I started to feel a little bit burned out and like yeah i kind of want to go home like basically the night of sunday i was like okay perfect like this is uh, i'm not burned out too early i don't feel like i'm missing anything by like staying because i really just i need to go home (laughs) i need to go to sleep in my own bed we did get a (laughs) comment said though oh go ahead go ahead I was going to say, yeah, that being said, that final night was pretty cool. Because obviously we met up with Diego Madra in the hotel uh, lobby and played UPF like we always do at Worlds. Kel did that before last time. Hotel lobby UPF for the win. Yeah, um, like, like 1 a.m. hotel lobby UPF. That was with Yorick. It was. That was with, uh, if I remember oh, correctly, Yorick. it was with Yorick. And then Ian Kenterdine, uh, Olivia Gobert-Hicks, and Flake were there as well. Uh, That's it. And Diego Madra, he was there too. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was good times. I don't remember. Hotel did, lobby. Did I win? UPF. 
either Stephen or I won. One of us won. I don't remember which, but it was fun. Yeah, because you went because uh, that world's you went back to the hotel room and you just left me at the bar because I was getting on it. Well, yeah, we were like, hey, yes, you wanna you wanna come with us? And you were like, no, I'm just gonna stay here. And we're like, all right, man. Uh, Be safe. From, Sounds uh, about right, doesn't it, Bill? Yeah. Sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, from my own experience, <laughs> that's exactly how it happens. Yep. Uh, but what it was a good fun. Madman. What an absolute madman. But yeah, it was, it, was, it was good fun. That last night was pretty good. Obviously, I got to play I got to play with DM Armada's foil Kano deck and had a whale of a time. Yeah. Just literally pitching to Kano, pitching to Kano. I had like a I had like a massive pitch stack of like 10 cards in my pitch zone. I was just blasting yeah. through it. Just loving life. It's a fun deck, to well, be yeah. fair. DM Armada was playing basically full group hug melody. And That's right. uh, I think at one point, as had like 10 cards in his hand or something like it was wild wow. <laughs> it was oh, a yeah. lot <laughs> no i was i was probably um for anyone watching that from the outside in if it was a piece of content on summer they'll be like as is doing absolutely stupid things here he's not playing optimally <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> just not making the most out of no. his 10 card hand just loving life i um, uh i don't think any of us necessarily were um it, it just helped a lot that uh, Stephen and Max Ferocity, uh, who was our fourth, uh, they both had Drone of Brutality in their deck, and me and Az did not. So That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the game just lasted long enough for them to be like, ha drone. <laughs> drone lock, here we go. Yeah. Um that was pretty fun yeah pretty pretty fun enter night i mean uh, i tried staying up for as long as possible because i know you were you were staying up to get your taxi at half three in the morning i was just like sorry i have to go to bed now and then you just left in the middle of the night i was asleep because <laughs> you had to get your yeah. taxi to the hotel uh, to the airport yeah and thankfully that did happen i had ordered it on uber um for it to show up at whatever and uh i it placed the uh the reservation or whatever um like a couple hours before uh maybe about halfway through the sunday honestly and then uh i had it come up, come for 340 and 340 uh comes up and then passes and it's still like hey just like searching for a driver for you and then like five minutes later it's like hey there are no drivers available i'm like uh how do I get a taxi in a strange country where I don't speak the language? And so I like just tried to rebook a thing and it just automatically matched me with somebody, thankfully. Oh, so, that's right, then. Um, yeah, I didn't end up being late for anything. Uh, I even had time to stop by McDonald's in the airport. Mm. Um, Spanish McDonald's has uh, a burger called the Mick Extreme. That's uh, <laughs> what I had on the way out on the, the day. Yeah, day. the Mick Extreme. I had the, I had the three cheese one. It was what actually really good. <laughs> like, Very messy. Nice. It had, yeah, it had like uh, crispy onions and camembert and like it was a relatively fancy burger for an airport mcdonald's <laughs> and i was actually impressed i love how you had that at like four in the morning that's crazy love oh yeah yeah i was sitting at my gate at like 4 15 4 30 and i was just like yeah you gotta get your energy <laughs> somehow right exactly yeah well i mean yeah, yeah the the last thing i had eaten was some patatas bravas uh at the uh in the hotel, in the hotel yeah. lobby and that was at like 10 o'clock or something. And I was like, well, I have a full day of traveling ahead of me. I should get something. And that was a good something uh, for anybody who is in Spain that has not tried it or people who are going to Spain. Weird recommendation. But if they have the Mick Extreme, try it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On a scale of one to extreme, how extreme was the Mick Extreme? 
I mean, again, like I eat a lot of fast food. I like fast food. I like food in general. Um, but yeah. like, and you know, like re real food doesn't necessarily tier on the same list as like real food. But in terms of fast food, this was a good fast food burger. It was also the equivalent of like 15 Canadian dollars, though. So eh. yeah. um, it was very expensive. It was like nine euro or something for just the burger. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was expensive, but I honestly thought it was it tasted pretty good. Um, maybe it yeah. was just because I had been up for 20 hours straight at that point and had the prospect of being traveling for the next 20 hours as well. So that could have uh could have made a difference there so, so like a like a seven or an eight then on the extreme yeah. scale i'd say like yeah seven and a half we'll, we'll okay. split the difference okay cool um <laughs> but yeah, yeah anyway one, so that was I my had. experience coming back but yeah as what did you yeah. have yeah well, i i had i had a similar i think it was like a cheesy thing but it had like all this barbecue sauce in it and the sauce was just like leaking out of the burger it was really <laughs> messy I didn't have any napkins either at the time. So what I basically had to do was use my water and then pour the water onto my hands and wash my hands like that. <laughs> <laughs> just because I was just, there was no napkins. And I couldn't be asked to get up and go and get them. So, um, but yeah, yeah, very, very messy. Very, very, uh, very, very interesting to see that in Spain. But um, just shame that's all over now. But uh, yeah, we're back to do it all over yep. again here on the Living Legends podcast in our separate abodes. Um, yes. Kel will have his um, Kel will have his Legend Story Studios hoodie very soon because Bill picked that yes. up for him. It is currently in my possession. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah. So uh, first of all, um, just a shout out to the Banished Zone. So thanks very much for sponsoring this episode of Living Legends Podcast. Uh, I just want to shout out their skirmish event, which is happening on the December the 9th at one o'clock, so one p.m. Blitz, obviously, $15 to enter. And in addition to the uh, prizing provided by LSS, obviously they do all their normal raffles as well to give away packs and boxes based on the turnout. So in this video, there should be a link in the description box below to the um, to the link to the website where you can buy tickets. And Kel, I'll give that to you in a moment uh, or after this um, so people can go and, have a, uh, go and buy the uh, tickets to the skirmish. But we got a couple of skirmish tales as well. Um, going into our week in fab but before we go into that do we have anything else to shout out with regards to sort of content wise or anything that we've been doing elsewhere before we go into all the skirmishes because that's probably the the meat the meat of our weeks i imagine hmm. i i have um, stuff but i'm gonna save it for the arsenal step because a lot of it is not flesh and blood related so I'll okay. say I'll save my stuff for the for the Arsenal step. The only like flesh and blood stuff related things are I finally got all three of my foil already deads. Ooh. Uh, so nice. I got my oh yeah to nice to continue. The, I can't really see it here. I don't have the, the lights on. But these are all foil already deads to go with my cold foil Shriek razors. So I, now I have my my Uziri deck is continued to be updated to be one hundred percent foil. Well, it's like. 95% foil. My E strikes are not foil, but they are all alpha. They are they are all pink pitch. They're not foil, so, I mean, but they're alpha. In terms of price, the same as unlimited uh foil, I think. I think they're I think sure. they're actually more. I do oh, actually Oh yeah, no, because I think they were sh they were short printed in alpha, right? Like they were basically really hard to pull, or was it just the foil ones? All all of the majestics are like super hard to pull in alpha because you only mm -hmm. get like two per box. Uh um, yeah, because of the supers. Yeah, so 
I don't know, but I do actually do have not to flex, but I guess to flex. I actually do have a, a playset of foil Easter eggs, but I prefer the pink pitch ones. So I run the pink pitch instead of the foil ones. <laughs> the foil ones are in my um, my Lexi Blitz deck. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time to grab all of your assassin cards if you don't have them or if you haven't pimped them all out, because obviously we got some six spoilers, which again we'll go into in a bit later with regards to uh, assassin cards going to be coming in the expansion slot, and it actually made me uh, when seeing those spoilers, which which again we'll get into later, it made me buy just a random box of outsiders uh, <laughs> in the hope of pulling assassin stuff. Because you know, assassin is uh, is a very very cool class, and I love. We'll get into the spoilers later. I've said that about three times now, but I'd really, I really, really do like um, the the way they're going with it, with the fact that assassin can access information that your opponent mm-hmm. doesn't even doesn't even know themselves at that point in time, which I think is a great design space for assassin to be in because they're stalking the opponent and getting all the information before they make their attack and all this. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. But the box was rubbish, absolute crap box that I, uh, that I, that I got. Uh, so waste of money all round. Um, so buy the singles you need instead, preferably from the banished zone. Um, <laughs> yeah, good. You see that one's really good. We do have um, a we do have a but, coupon code. Uh, it's in the description of every episode. But we do have a coupon code for the banished zone where you get, I think it might be ten percent off. Uh, Site wide, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to pick up a bunch of singles, that's not a bad idea. If you want to get like ten percent off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the online store is open now, so definitely go and check it out. Um, so yeah, it's in all in the description box below. Um, but yeah, uh, they're going to be doing a skirmish soon. But we did some skirmishes as well this week. Um, I streamed mine uh, just off the cuff. Went to Mystic Games in Whitney, Oxfordshire. So that's probably the low the low kill ish game store to where I am. There's nothing in Swindon apart from a hole in the floor. Um, so <laughs> we had to we we have, we have to travel to uh, to Whitney. Uh, which is sort of near Oxford in the UK to do a skirmish there, which was absolutely awesome. I took Azalea, but I was mainly sort of loving just streaming the event. There was a lot of people watching. Well, a lot of people to to me anyway, 30 plus just, you know, tuning in to watch a skirmish. Um, and it was a great thing because the, the the meta was fairly wide open. Of course, there's a lot of Kasai. We'll go into yours in a bit, Bill, with regards to your meta as well. But there was three Kasai Three Kasai, one Prism Advent, so obviously the the new Prism, a Rhinar, an Azalea, um, an Azuri, and something else. Two Rhinars, actually, sorry. So two Rhinars, three Azuris, Azalea, Prism, and um, I've lost track of what it is. But yeah, it's fa- fairly, fairly wide open. And it managed to uh, come down to a Rhinar versus Prism final, which again, all of this is on Go Again Gaming. There is a stream there. Um, and the Rhinar was just so big brain. It was ridiculous. Uh, and this was won by a Japanese fella who is just traveling around the, the traveling around the world, it seems, looking at his Twitter, because I've, I've got him now on Twitter, um, traveling around the world, it seems, just cleaning up skirmishes for the crack. Just, you know, just turning yeah. up to random skirmishes, rinsing everybody with his big brain Reinar deck. Also getting out his his folder, which is just like full to the brim of just absolute swag. Um, he had like good deeds promos. He had like the, yeah, all the stuff that we get as content creators. He somehow managed to procure it. So he must, he must be sort of investing in people that don't want those or wants to offload those cards. Um, but yeah, shout out to him. He was he was awesome. He was on stream. Eugene C um, was what he goes by on Twitter. Um, but he's from Japan. He has mates in Osaka. 
that do like fancy altars. He gave me an altar, like an azalea altar, which had like Japanese writing on it, and I don't have it on me, which is uh, a bit of a uh, bit of a shame. But I could have showed it off. But um, but yeah, awesome guy, and he cleaned up the event with Reinar, which was great. So going back, go back and watch it on Go Again Gaming. It was great stuff. It's basically like using the scam skin leathers to gain action points, and then play Tome of Fiander out of his arsenal. And then essentially have go again because obviously you play you've got more action points, mm-hmm. gaining loads of life, and then playing blood rush, and then just oh it's just absolutely outrageous, outrageous turn. Um, but yeah, it was re- really really good fun, and uh, I do like I do like Blitz, but I just don't feel there's enough room. Well, there could be in the future for Azalea to operate, but there's just too much too much high opt- optimization going on with Cassai and all this at the moment to really operate in that oh. in that format. We'll talk about that a little bit later, I guess, because uh, you're not going to have exactly. to worry about Kasai uh, anymore. Yeah, mm. that's right. So, uh, so yeah. But um, how did your how did your score? I went one three, and the only one the only one the only victory was a buy. So I went three zero, but zero three basically. Um, so yeah, there's nothing to report there. But how how did yours go, Bill? What was yours like? Um, mine was pretty good. It, I went two and two. Um, I was playing Bravo because uh, I was going to play Chain, but uh you know <laughs> <laughs> also so, living legend um, yeah yeah so i don't know. there's I, I still think that once a week is a little fast um just personally uh my my opinion has not changed since we talked about it initially i think that once every uh cycle was too infrequent and i think that once a week is too many so i think that once a month would be great yeah um would have loved to play ca- uh, chain at least one more time but eh, you know it is what it is um I played against who did I play against? I played against Kasai in round four and lost because I'm not a coward and I didn't block. Um, <laughs> just prefer to punch, you know. That's just that's just how I am. Um, played against two Vincets. Uh, one was a win, one was a loss. Um, and then round three, I played against a Dash and I won that one. Um, there was also a Prism Advent of Thrones. There were, I think, two Kasai's. There was another Bravo. I think we had like 12 or 13 people. Um, so it was a pretty decent turnout. And uh, yeah, it ended up being uh, actually Vincent versus uh, Kasai in the finals. Um, Kasai ended up winning it out. But, yeah, not surprised. Um, yeah, mm. but it's funny because <laughs> and if they're if they're listening at all, shout out to Jay and Tyler. They were the two um, Vincets. They like perfectly mirrored each other's experiences. Um, uh, Jay went three and one and ended up getting to top two. And uh, Tyler went one and three and they didn't they, they got the exact same <laughs> result every round or they got the exact opposite result. Oh, every round. You. So yeah. the one round that Jay lost, Tyler won. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was a uh, pretty big coincidence, but yeah, it was it was a really cool uh, it was a really cool turnout and uh, had a pretty decent meta. Obviously, the most powerful ones uh, were the Kasai's. I think two of them got to top four, uh, two and by two I mean both. Um, right. Yeah. But <clears throat> yeah. So now I think the uh, the next thing that I would want to play is Ira, but Ira is probably going to be hitting the hitting the bricks sometime soon it's too. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if um, you if you got an Ira deck, you better play it now. <laughs> play play it while yeah. you can. Well, and even like um Dorinthia is pretty high up too in terms of um yeah. in terms of living legend points. I think she's at like I think she's second. Um 
I think it's like Ira then Dorinthia somehow. Um, so yeah, it's like, oh, well, maybe I'll go back to playing Hatchet Dorinthia. She's almost gone too. <laughs> no, play, play big axe Dorinthia. Big old, big old yeah. axe Dorinthia. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. what you do. That's, that's, Actually, that's not the coward's play. <laughs> Yeah. yeah um, to be fair, like when I was in um, when I was in Whitney, one of the guys, uh, one of the guys there who's a local to that shop, uh, Nathan, <laughs> his name is. He actually um, cashed at Worlds. I think he was twenty first at Worlds. Um, he was one of the guys I played against. I lost against him. He was playing Kasai on the skirmish night, at least. Um, he went twenty first at Worlds, which mean which meant he got two grand for getting that far into tournament. I bet. And he was playing he was playing Decimator Decimator Axe Dory. Yeah. So for t- wow. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, so so nobody nobody would have prepped for that sort of matchup, you know. You go into that thinking, "Oh, okay, they've got Dorinthia," and then they reveal Decimator Great Axe, and you're just like, "What the hell's going hell on here?" Hell yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. So, I love those stories like, you know, just weird decks that get far. I love and yeah. um I love seeing the big yeah. axe Dorinthia because I think I was the first or one of the first people to make a deck tech video for that yeah. archetype. And I love it. It's <laughs> jank and awesome. And uh, Decimator Axe makes it a little bit better because I was using the other axe before. I was using I was using mm-hmm. the axe from Dynasty. Which Merciless. Maybe Merciless, Merciless Battle Axe? One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Decimator is mm. much better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. 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 But, um, I, uh, I think that that's one of my favorite things about Flesh and Blood, just in general is uh there is an actual real um like benefit to playing a deck that either mind games your opponent or playing in a way that mind games your opponent um like i think i was mentioning this in um in barcelona when i was talking to as or I, i was at least talking about it very recently but i'm convinced I'm absolutely convinced that uh, that one Leviah player that was playing that had the paper mat and the like titanium baubles and they were tracking their life totals with crayon. Something about that got them at least one win that day. (laughs) Like just it put their (laughs) opponent on edge. They were just like, I don't know what's happening. And that messed them up enough to be able to win. Obviously, the player was was very talented and they they knew what they were doing. But the mind games are important. I almost uh caused my kasai opponent to misplay because they were so like all in on trying to figure out what my hand was and what my plays were and what i was setting up for but i wasn't actually like i i was just head off it like i was just brain off at that point i was already one and two there were i was i was two and one but uh my my loss was so early that i wasn't top fouring anyway so i was just like ah, whatever um so I was just slamming down my hand every turn. I was just like, whatever. <laughs> and he was like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, what is your plan? What is happening? And I'm just like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like chaos. chaos. Um, yeah. But yeah, like so playing off meta stuff, I think, has a lot of the same effect. I think it's it can be very uh, it can be very powerful to bring something that people are not anticipating because it's oh, yeah. not a matchup that they've practiced it's not something where just off the top of their head they know exactly what plays you're going for um or like how chaos. to play around certain things the chaos, chaos element as well like yeah exactly yeah. the chaos element is just like you know you you're attacking them relentlessly even though to them like value value proposition you probably shouldn't be which then gets them yeah. thinking oh what's going on here there must be an end game to this constant relentless attack but there's not 
and that they yeah. gets 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 inside their head. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely uh, I think mind games need to come into flesh and blood more. And I think they will do as the card pool expands. And we've spoke about this previously with like you know you've got a you've got a hero in the format for so long they get they get this axe they get Dawnblade, they get sabers mm-hmm. they get all of these things that can open up to them and eventually you'll have a lot of ways you can take certain heroes maybe not going forward because they're going to ll quicker now well we discussed a couple of times you can have the opposite effect too the heroes leaving the format and they take their weapons with them right so uh, for oh, a, yeah. a good current example would be Kasai hitting Living Legend in uh, Blitz, which means she's taking her sabers out with her, which means that yeah. Bolton could no longer run sabers in Blitz. Oh, in Blitz, yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah, that actually sucks. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, which is which is actually kind of funny because the Centauri sabers are getting reprinted in heavy hitters as like token rarity cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we can maybe talk about this later. We can talk about some of the heavy hitter spoilers because we actually haven't talked about two big things since the last podcast. Since because you guys were in Barcelona, we haven't talked about who won Worlds, and we actually haven't talked about any of the heavy hitter stuff. So we haven't talked about Kasai or any of the the heavy hitters cards yet. Um, yeah. But by the way, Fi Fi won Worlds. Uh, Alex won Worlds. Alexandros um, won it on Fi, which is which is pretty cool uh, in my opinion. Um, I was rooting yeah. for Yuki, oh. Yuki, but uh, Alexandros ended up beating Yuki round one of the top eight, and then con- con- mm-hmm. con- continued to just smash face all the way through. Um, which is yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. That was the the moment that Alexandros won. Um, was very cool to 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 experience. We weren't actually there. I was hanging out sort of near this um the like. Uh, the stage where all the announcements were happening and whatever, like the professor's setup. Mm-hmm. And um, I was chatting with a couple of people from uh, a couple of very, very nice people from Ireland that uh, we hung out with for most of the, the uh, weekend. And uh, just, we were chatting about whatever. And then all of a sudden just this roar erupts from the other side of the hall. And we both, we all, all three of us just sort of look up and we're like, well, somebody won. And we're like, we look over at um, the staging area where they have like a stream of it going on and it's a little bit delayed. Um, And we're like trying to make out who won and we really couldn't. But then all of a sudden we start hearing this like chanting in Greek and we're like, oh, okay. It's like a a football chant going on. Like something you hear in in, like Premier League in the UK. And then when when you were speaking to um, Othon, he was saying that the chant was like, was like rude or something. Yeah, it was. It was he, like, he said, "I'm not going to tell you what it was, but it was something very rude." Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is Othan? I assume he's Greek. Then um, yes. Okay, cool. I, I, I wasn't yeah. sure of his uh, his nationality, but um, yeah. I, I, I was up to like four or five a.m. watching that because the Barcelona time to, to Portland, Oregon time, not great. Um, no. So yeah, I, I was just lying in bed. Robin was asleep. Potatoes asleep. I'm lying in bed with my phone with just the, the light, you know bathing my face um watching it at 4 a.m yeah it was cool uh, it was uh, it was a good good match to see um i don't remember the the name of the other finalists but uh, they were one of the players from the blue pitch team from um mm-hmm. from uh, uh where was it um hong kong hong kong, hong kong. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but yeah, great, great moment because obviously I think um, I think until that point I think um, Alexandros had only won a PQ up until that point, 
Um, mm, so, yeah. so the fact that the fact that you know we we didn't see we didn't see the big names in the top eight apart from Yuki. I think everybody else was fairly fairly sort of. I'd recognize a couple of the names, like the dudes from the US. Um, yeah. Some of the, some of the, well, there was the other Canadi- person from Canada. Aaron Chance was in there. Yeah, as well. yeah. yeah, Canada. But like Canada. Kenyatta from the distant, <laughs> distant land of Kenyatta. Um, what, what, I, what I really like about that is um, actually really, really like this. So small tangent, but in a game like Flesh and Blood that is very, very like nuts and bolts, it can feel almost chess like in nature where you have like certain play patterns and you know, so there's only like certain permutations of things that can happen. Of course, it's a card game, so you have the random card draw element, unlike chess. But it, it did it did feel like, hey, maybe if you're good enough, you can win literally every single event. Yeah. But I like that it's not exactly like that. I like that other people can come in and win. And I think the top eights for Worlds proves that um, in, in, in a big degree, because there's a lot of faces that people wouldn't really talk about. Um you know, in, in regards to like, well, best players in the world or whatever, um, and I think that's really yeah, exactly. that's a really good thing. So mm-hmm. maybe it's yeah. maybe it's bad for the you know the 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 pros who are like, oh, if I get good enough, I can sweep every event. Um, means means mm-hmm. it's going to be more like magic. You're going to have to work hard for it, right? And it means yeah. that those repeat wins are going to be even more impressive. So and does it does it mean that the international stage, obviously with the USA and North America traveling over to Europe and losing time and jet lag and all this, does it mean that the the soil that you're playing on and the time zone that you're operating in does that make a difference Maybe. in your testing and your sort of practice leading up to it? There's a lot of factors, and obviously, um, I don't know where Worlds is going to be this year. I imagine, you know, I'd love to lo- love it love it for, to be APAC region, so it goes like rounds in round in circles like this. APAC would um, be a lot closer for me, so that'd be that'd be cool. Yeah. So mm. uh, again, that's going to be a lot of a lot of people traveling to that location. Uh, the people that suffer the most in that regard are the people from Europe and the UK because they have to go this way. They have to go. They have to go east, and therefore they're getting loads of uh sorry yeah east so they're getting I, loads of jet lag and having to deal with that as again i so. think if you're like a super super serious pro player then you probably help you mitigate that. yeah yeah you yeah. like you you yeah exactly you climatize you get there early um so you don't have to deal I think with that a lot of people of do don't they but yeah i think that people get like get the airbnbs and get the testing house going with the with the lads and all this and yeah um mm-hmm. make that experience out of it but like uh, it'll be interesting because like i'm very much planning to go to go to japan next year it's like 95 percent chance that i go to japan um and it'll be interesting to see the the difference because it's just like it's not that far away in the the grand scheme of things uh for me because i live on the west coast i live in portland oregon so for me to go to japan i think you just fly to hawaii and then then to japan um yeah it, it's like a long-ish flight but it's not crazy long it's not like going to the uk or something for me um so it'll yeah. be it'll be interesting to to see that and uh to translate that and you know if they do an apac region one for for flesh and blood next year that'd be really cool yeah i think flying flying west is always easier because you get there and it's actually earlier than when you left well so you gain time don't you and then you just you have to stay up basically sort of it depends it depends on how far back you go because if i go to new zealand it's like literally the next day right because like new zealand for me is five hours behind but the next day ahead that's how i that's how i know because it's 
you know, hang out with folks from New Zealand a lot online. So it's like true. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're five hours behind, but also the next day. So I think that will mess me up a lot, <laughs> like yeah, more than yeah. going to like <laughs> more than going to like Florida or something where they're like, you know, three or four hours ahead or whatever. Um, yeah. Going yeah. to the, another day would be very disorienting. Yeah. Um, but well just 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 while we're on this thread actually so i'm going to america again next year mm-hmm. i'm going i'm going to the calling in hartford connecticut uh apparently you can get shot there fairly easily but you know hey ho we'll see what happens <laughs> uh, what, a, what a random thing to bring up um I, yeah. I, I always think it's really funny as as a someone from america uh to hear like people from other countries being like oh the, you can get shot in america so easily and i'm just like yeah I mean, well, welcome to America, my dude. Welcome to America. <laughs> well, yeah. everyone. Yeah. I, I'll, another small tangent. Connecticut. Sure. Um, I lived in, in in Concord, California for several years. Not only that, I lived on Detroit Avenue in Concord, California. And I'm saying this specifically because if you are from Bay Area, California, you will know that that Detroit Avenue in Concord has a reputation. You could definitely get shot people like it it's a thing like when it was our it was mine and robin's very first apartment together um and i came home from work multiple times with like half naked dude face down into the the cement getting arrested by like five armed officers i've i've Mm. seen i've seen some stuff i've been around it so that that does not phase me um and then there's also like then you go to places like Oakland and like I, I took I've taken public transit in the area so um, the yeah. the the strategy by the way is to just be chill and blend in if you're boring as hell no one's gonna mess with you They're just be, exactly just be the most, yeah. just be the most boring person you could possibly be um, yeah anyway but instead instead I'll be I'll just be like this walking down the street with the camera like this the vlog doing the vlog <laughs> like I'm in, I'm in Harford way <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. it's like Connecticut yeah. whatever yeah. I don't want to exactly I, I just compare it to places like Oakland and I'm just like oh, it could be as bad I don't know maybe, maybe it's just like got a really bad crime streak but yeah but yeah, just 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 while just while while I was on the topic of flying around and doing this, that's that's I'm going to be going there um, for the calling. Um, so, it literally only I'm only choosing that one because um, I haven't met all of the East Coast USA folks yet. So like Tommy Fresh and uh, Patrick Shaw from the Combat Chain, Logan from Flesh and Pod, uh, Jim is also over that sort of. Well, I think Jim said he's going to be able to fly into uh, Hartford as well and actually get the. The connecting flight. So I'm flying into Washington, and Jim from Fabtisty Cards is in Washington. So he said he might be able to get on that plane and fly into Hartford with me, nice. or however long we're going to be there for. Um, so, uh, so yeah, just wanted to go to East Coast ish. Maybe do like a little New York day trip or something while I'm there. We'll see. Um, the uh, but, um, I think the, pod- the podcast off. will be like interesting that that week because I do believe that's the same weekend that I'm very likely going to be in Japan. So it's like, uh, yeah, maybe. so it's the first week of Feb, first week of Feb, perhaps. Yeah, uh, I will be in Japan maybe February first to some unknown date. I'm not sure how long I'm going to book book it, but it's going to be around there. So yeah, I'll be that'll be a strange time zone situation. Then we'll have to yeah <laughs> work that out on on the fly. 
Yeah. No, um, it, 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 we could we could probably do it. I could I could probably. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what we'll see what I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm me, probably not going to bring my laptop, but. Yeah, because because me and Bill basically be an hour about a couple of hours apart while I'm in that area. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, we can we can work out, work out logistics as and when that happens. But um, just thought I'd bring it up. So any East Coast people that listen to this, if you're going to the calling in Hartford, I will be there. Um, I don't know what the what the calling format the format's going to be, but it is heavy hitters release weekend. So heavy hitters comes out that weekend, which means that the hype's going to be through the roof for that set on that weekend so we're going to be able to crack it we're going to be able to draft it going to be able to do the deathmatch arena or whatever it is we're going to be able to be able to do all of that that weekend which should be should be good yeah i'm Um, gonna see if i can maybe get to osaka and maybe see some of the japanese folks from osaka that weekend and play some yeah they'll be heavy hitters absolutely yeah that'd be cool yeah um but yeah so that's that um other things before we get into the main topics we are rambled a lot already today which is which is great because there's only a few there's only a few things on the list which is which is good i love it when this happens um i wanted to mention because because you didn't in the content uh section part cal but you did the uh off the grid intro recently i did yeah so i haven't <laughs> i haven't released it yet and i no. haven't uh really shared anything about it i was but yeah so if you don't know uh, we are doing another Flesh and Blood D&D campaign called Off the Grid. It is set in metrics and features myself as Bill and Max Ferocity, um, as well you know, as well as our DM, uh, Kale, that's some art. It's going to be really cool, and we are stepping up our game quite a bit this time um, in terms of like production value. And one of the coolest things, if you have watched our episode with Sam Yang, is that Sam basically drew our what I'm going to call our key art for the campaign. He drew all of our characters, and they look so good. It looks so so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I haven't shared it the final, but if you give me a second, I can. I can pull That's up. what I was hoping you would do, share it for I, the, for the visual viewers. Because uh, all that texturing looks really nice now that he's textured it all on oh. the on. Oh, it just looks it just looks so nice. Um, yeah, so people might have seen it before when he's doing the sketches live, but now it just looks epic. And Kale's also done like little character cards for each of us as well, and just the fact that how he's framed it all and put like level six, how much life we've got, and all this. You'll see that on the actual production, but it looks awesome. Yeah. Really, really just wanted wanted to point that out because uh, I think it's great. It it's very cool, and I'm gonna try to like hype it up as much as I can because uh, the first one, like our, our very first episode, got a decent amount of views, but that kind of petered off for episodes two and three. And I, yeah. I I'm gonna really promote this because I think it is fantastic, and I think people who love Flesh and Blood and who love good stories and who love uh, like tabletop RPGs would would be very very uh, keen on this. So absolutely, yeah. It's a niche within a niche, isn't it? It's flesh and blood RPG. It's going to be, you know, people might sort of click it to begin with and be like, "Oh, what's this? Flesh and blood RPG?" Blah blah blah. And then when they realise it's a campaign, maybe they can't listen to it or whatever. But um, the people that stuck mm. around definitely did towards the end. So thank you very much for everybody who did. But you should definitely check this out because it was good fun. We had a lot of time doing it. And uh, mine and Bill's characters from the previous campaign will be coming back. Uh, so the stories of those characters will continue. Uh, I love where Bill's is going because he's now got a bloody gauntlet of bone on his hand. I mean, <laughs> here, I have the picture yeah. up here. So you can see 
Yeah. You can see some character advancement here. So we have uh, Anna with his like bone gauntlet thing. Uh, you can see Azra with his, for the lack of a better word, a flaming sword. Um, and then you have two other characters, um, which well we'll introduce them in the in the proper the proper episode. But um, yeah, you could probably guess who is who, <laughs> judging by how one of them is a mechnologist and the other one is um well not a mechanologist so i think you could just by virtue of you know of yeah the the deduction of max frosty being involved and who else has been involved you know it's easy to tell who's who isn't it um but yeah just i can't wait to do that um also uh before we go on to some of the main points here i want to also reiterate uh some content that i'm going to be doing on go again gaming so we've got the flesh and blood world's football match that's coming out on december the 3rd um so that's coming out the day after i spoil the azalea specialization which we all know is what the card is now a legendary azalea specialization and that's on saturday so when you're hearing this it'll be this weekend and that's at nine o'clock uk time um so definitely tune into that when you can it's going to be a good one um and uh, that's pretty much it for uh the content i wanted to mention before we move on to the main points, unless you've got anything else. Mm, nah, my, my flesh and blood content's about the same as always. It's going to be at least one, one flesh and blood video a week. Um, and that's that, that's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing <laughs> I have planned outright is like, I'm going to be doing like a channel update kind of thing, but, uh, that's just going to kind of reiterate that, you know, um, for the flesh and blood side of things, at least, we're going to continue with at least one video a week for flesh and blood, plus any extras. Um, if there's anything, any news or any other things I want to, I want to talk about. I'm approaching like 500 flesh and blood videos on Red Zone Rogue, um, so it's it's yeah. difficult to to talk about like generic topics for things that I haven't already covered before because I've already done right. I've already done all the generic stuff like uh, how to build a deck, you know, how much pitch value you put in, yada. I've already done all that stuff. I, I guess I could do updated versions, but um, yeah. So yeah, as, as as a creator, you don't want to be rehashing stuff, though, do you? It's just like it's not a good feeling when you're making something that yeah, you've already it, done uh, done a couple of times already. Like th there's that, but also like. If there's a reason to, I think you can. Like, if there's like, uh, yeah, it, you know, if you think you can do it better, or if there's um, new information or, or whatever. So, but yeah, yeah, my flesh and blood content going to be similar to to how it's been, um, and then I'll talk about my other content in that in that channel update, which is different. That 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 information will be different. So, anyway, yeah, nice, yeah, cool. Um, so before we go on to like the Blitz and Living Legend stuff, I want to mention this new article. So this is uh, LSS on the 24th, took home the Excellence in Brand Storytelling Award at the New Zealand International Business Award, which recognizes a business that excels in marketing themselves internationally and in so doing, um, make New Zealand even more famous for great stuff. So, you know, New Zealand is one of those places, you know, you think of like, uh the scenery from lord of the rings you think of uh that sort of stuff right but you, you know you don't you don't think of a game studio you don't think of someone that's made their own ip their own sort of brand their own sort of thing and uh they won an award for doing that so i just wanted to want to shout that article out because the fact the fact that they came from you know we've all heard the story about what james white had to sacrifice in order to get this game off the ground so the fact that he's done that and 
it's all being recognised by uh, by the New Zealand International Awards here is fantastic. So yeah. I just wanted to shout that out. Um, but yeah, I think I think their just their general message just speaks to a lot of us, doesn't it? Playing in flesh and blood through the common language of playing great games. That's just it's just great how it unifies a lot of people. I think. Yeah. In fact, here let me. I'm gonna pull up this image here. Lots, lots of just doing this stuff on the fly here. Nice. I, I got. It. I have the image of uh, James, Robbie, and MJ. Um, what do I want to call this? Uh, all right, here. Let me pull it up. I, th I think it's really cool um, because once again, I would like to. I, I say this often, actually, but um, it, it feels like. Uh, well, it doesn't feel like J James does get a lot of credit for a lot of this stuff, but I think it all the credit isn't for James uh, is, is basically how, how I'm going to say this, because um, and I think he would agree, too. It's a, it takes the whole team to do what they're doing. And oh, yeah. uh, I really feel like the, the, the entire Flesh and Blood team doesn't get enough credit, especially like mm -hmm. uh, the other two people here, uh, Robbie Wen and uh, MJ. Um Hold on, the image is not pulling up. So instead of the, getting the image, I'm just going to do window capture. For the visual viewers out there, you're going to be able to see the uh, to see the picture. If you haven't if you haven't seen the article already, that is. But um, yeah, James is holding this sort of ball. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the the searing orb thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, we're just going to window capture that. There you go. And then you can see you can see all my tabs open. You can see I was looking at. February and my uh, Twitter. Um, what else were you? What else were you looking at? <laughs> uh, channel dashboard, YouTube, February heavy hitter spoilers, and then my my Twitter, which is where I'm pulling this image from. So anyway, um, I'm I, I'm keeping it clean. All right, all right, for now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so here's the image. I pull. I'm making it real big, covering all of us. I'm not sure who two of these what, people are. Making what real big, Cal? Making what real big, eh? Uh, yeah. The image. I'm making the image. So <laughs> so. Uh, for the audio-only people out there, there's image of five people at the New Zealand International Business Awards 2023. I don't recognize two of the people in this photo, uh, but in the middle, you have James White holding like this orb. You have uh, Robbie Wen to, to the right of him, like looking at the image. And then to the right of him, you have MJ. And um, I really do think that Robbie and MJ don't get enough credit. If you don't know, we've talked about it many, many times, but Robbie is the co-founder of LSS. He is the creative director for the game. And um, and then MJ also is one of the super early people, and she is responsible for like a lot of the creative side stuff as well, including the Flesh and Blood card back, almost all the frames, a lot of the early box designs, uh, basically like a lot of the look of the game. So uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to them because I don't think they get it enough. And um, mm -hmm. when... Well, when I when I saw this award, they definitely get enough. They definitely get it enough from this podcast, that's for sure. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, I I don't see it enough, and so I want to be I want to be the change that I want to see, and so yeah, absolutely, yeah. There, there you go. Uh, I, when I when I saw it on um, on Twitter, I like retweeted it, and I was like, made sure to congratulate James and the entire team because uh, they they deserve it too. So yeah, yeah. Good stuff all around. Um, but yeah, um, so the main sort of mechanical news with regards to the actual gameplay itself is uh, Living Legends. So Icelander Stormbind, 
uh, Kano and Kasai Sintari Sellsword are the main things here. Um, so Icelander uh, rotated out, became as a result here. of uh, get out of here, frostbite. Uh, this is funny, it's funny as well because um, obviously she's out of here because of the uh, world championships. Um, and I think it was the battle hardened Wallonia was the thing that pushed her over the edge. Yeah, I think um, so. which was which was the one in I th- oh, can't remember where Wallonia is. Uh, I don't know where it is. Can't remember where it is. But yeah, uh, so Iceland is gone, and her signature weapon, the amazing uh, Kraken's Aethervein, Belgium. Wallonia <laughs> is in Belgium. Belgium. Okay, nice. Thanks for confirming. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, just so you know, uh, Icelander and uh, the signature weapon, the amazing Kraken's Aethervein, is no longer available. Or classic constructed <laughs> Kraken's Aethervein never, never its, got yeah exactly never got its moment I love that card and I mean right now Vincets are playing um what is it Rod, Rod of Ruin uh that's a magic card Rod of Ruin um, Baguette de Ruin but it is um, yeah but um yeah they're playing that one the one that gives a rune chant on on damage and it's the same kind of effect. It's something that taxes your opponent's hand or gets you something good. But yeah. um, I don't know. I think it was just because uh, the rod is two resources and Krakens is three. Um, like a little bit more flexible that way. Yeah, Kra- Krakens but... is like... It was, it was one of those cards that was always like, oh, if we can find a way to pump up the damage of this thing, it would be yeah. great. And draw that just, many cards. It just never, never happened. It was always like, oh, when you play your next wizard action or whatever it pumps up it never pumped up like the weapon and it was always like a little bump a little bit of a bummer um yeah if you think about it though that would have been probably too powerful right if you were to buff it by what even two damage you know you pay three to then deal three and draw three yeah but Um, but you just have to force them to prevent it then at that point so it'd be yeah yeah it would just be like you have to prevent this and then like getting up to like four damage would be where it's at so you can like maybe breach over the AB, like because a lot of people run standard like AB three, and yeah, yeah, I don't know, but it, it just never did anything, which is a bummer. Maybe some t- someday it'll be broken in like UPF, but for now, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting, love, because I think I think I think it's this year, which is going to be the all arcane stuff. We don't know. Yeah, I think they haven't um, said. They there's no uh, confirmation on that. Can you just um, yeah. can you imagine? And this is coming out of absolutely nowhere. But can you imagine if at some point there becomes a wizard that operates similar to Dory, that uh, just has buffs for your your wand, your staff? Yeah, dude, um, that'd be and cool. it'll be like, yeah, your next staff activation deals two additional arcane damage or targets every hero we, or whatever. Like, yeah, we got some some of that kind of stuff with like the Alluvian Constellus, right? Yeah, uh, and I was hoping to see more of that, but just. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe when, like as mentioned, when we do see the, the, uh, the ever elusive. I don't know if a lot of people have talked about it, but I've, I've spoken about it before on my channel. The all, the all arcane set. Um, maybe mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. Because I do think, yeah, I do think that'll be their opportunity to have the next crack shuffle play, and it will be in like the next all arcane set, or the only all arcane set, I should say. Yeah, that could, yeah, that could be, that could be a good good way to put it yeah yeah um but also, with regards to this okay <laughs> i was gonna say yeah uh, there's another th- funny thing about this article is, is it says um with icelander obviously attained living legend the following cards mm. will be removed from the classic constructed suspended list amulet of ice mm. 
and hypothermia. Yeah. So they're back yeah. into they're back into the meta game now, despite the fact that there's no ice heroes available to play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for now. Yeah. For now. <laughs> We well, all know. Uh, we all know. Starvo Two is coming in heavy hitters, and so mm-hmm. Starvo Two could use them all. <laughs> Tuvo. Yeah. Stu. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. That's a that's a it's joke, by though. the way, for the, for the folks who can't detect sarcasm. Uh, yeah. Mostly because I don't think we're getting Bravo in the set, and also there, there's not going to be any talents in the set. I'm like. 99.99% certain there's no talents in the set. So, yeah. Yeah. But what do we know? You know, they could just come out with Icelander 2. Here we go, straight away. Um, But, um, but yeah, no ice at the moment. So it's going to be interesting Mm -hmm. to see what happens going forward. I think there (laughs) is a couple of. She's going to become draconic and become Firelander. She'll be. Firelander. Yeah, she'll be Firelander. (laughs) Flamelander. Isn't that 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 Spyro game? I don't know. I have played. Uh, I did buy the Spyro remaster when it came out a few years ago. It was really good. Skylander. Well, we'll, we'll okay, listen. no, that's the next one. She's gonna grow wings and Skylander. Yeah, and, yeah <laughs> Skylander. Uh, she become Sky lightning. Lander. She'll become lightning instead. She'll go from really draconic, yeah. like flame lander, and she'll be fire, and then she'll become lightning and become Skylander. <laughs> oh God, I love Watch this. Out. This is good. I love how dumb James the White, name take notes. Sky Skylander is. Because it's like an oxymoron, like yeah, Skyland, Skylander, yeah, so dumb. <laughs> I love it. Oh, brilliant. Oh, I just, I just hope, I hope that doesn't happen because I don't, I, just, I really, really don't want Channel the Thunderstep back in the meta game because that card oh. is just so good. Not. <laughs> and then, and then, and then she can still have her ice powers and use Flash Freeze. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, dude. You know what's flash freeze? I don't know if this is a controversial opinion or not, but since you mentioned Channel Thunderstep, comparing it to the power level of Channel Mount Heroic and Channel Lake Frigid, it could have given your. I think it was it just actions or attack actions. I I think it was in general. I think it was your just actions. You can pay one to give them go again. I think it could have given them go again, just blanket for free. Um, Chained it. Why not? Yeah, right? Like, I don't think that that's more powerful than making your opponent's stuff cost one more as long as it's, like, blanket, as long as it's out. I, I don't think that that that's inherently more powerful. When, it when could be in it, some way. When you compare it to something like Chain or Luminaris, Channel Thunderstep is quite hilarious. Oh, atrocious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, for, but, like, Chain and Luminaris, it's like, oh, we just get it for free? Like, we just get it for doing yeah. the things that we want to do anyway? Sure. Luminaris is just pitch a card. Pitch, <laughs> pitch one card and all of your stuff is go again. Sure, why not? Oh, pitch pitch like a what do we want? A red? Nah, just pitch a yellow and then everything gets go again. Do we have to yeah. do you want to do you want to tax them? Make it cost one? Nah, just just give it to him for free. No big deal. Just give just it to go him. again. Yeah. Any not? card? Yeah. Just just, just yeah. yeah. No big deal. So no, thank yeah. you for bringing that up as because that's a sore spot. I love the idea of Channel Thunderstep, but God does it suck. <laughs> It's Especially like when you say well, when you when you when you compare it to the other two as well, the other two don't cost you anything. When you play it, the static effect is then active, right? You don't have to pay an extra resource, give your attack plus three of the channel mount or anything. You know, <laughs> just but, get it. Yeah, you just get it. Um, whereas this yeah. one, you have to pay one to give it go again, which makes no sense, really. Yeah. Um, again, ch- channel the bleak expanse, another channel card which mm-hmm. does the does the thing as if it if it's on, you know, if it's on board, yeah. you can't 
draw cards, reveal cards, or search decks. You just can't do mm-hmm. it. You have you have channel um, channel lake friendship, and then you have channel thunder sadness. That's right. <laughs> channel the thundery channel. sadness. Yeah, channel lake friendship. Yeah. Do you never heard of channel lake friendship? <laughs> Uh, we all just want to get along in this icy age um but yeah just following on from living legends uh living legends announcements uh kano was removed from blitz alongside uh his get crucible of aether weave get so crucible of aether weave is no longer there no wizards um, no wizards in blitz if you play with well actually that's not true you can you can play emperor you can play the emperor, you Volcor, play the emperor. but you also have to be a warrior too you can't just be yes. a wizard. You also have to be a warrior, and you also have to have less life. So honestly, fine. right now though, Emperor seems to be in a pretty decent spot. Uh, locally, Kaylee has been playing a lot of Emperor, and uh, the deck like kind of has legs. In it's my not opinion. bad. Yeah, I, I don't think that's pretty bad good. At all. <laughs> uh, not only that, like, I think Emperor can just goozle people because no one's going to be running Arcane Barrier, and so you can just yeah. Emperor on up and just just clap them. Yeah. Well, and like the the crazy thing is, especially with Tome now, Tome is just reads play Commander Conquer, um, like yeah. just on its own. Does it? Um, yeah, uh, because you you play the Tome, you pitch the two cards, and then you pitch one of the remaining cards in your hand to um, Flamescale Furnace, which gives you three resources, which you activate the Emperor with, and you Command and Conquer. I see. Um, right. It just yes. reads it, it just reads play Command and Conquer um, on its own, which is really really good. Through um, Emperor's ability to go and search for one. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Uh, and then uh, also you just have the ability to kill your opponent on their turn from six because you have uh, red emeritus scolding with storm striders. Yeah. Um, so you beat them down with just effective zero for fours and like enlightened strike and whatever. And then you just kind of wait until you get your um, your emeritus scolding. And then if your opponent's at six or less, they probably don't have arcane barrier like Kel said. So you're just like, OK, you die. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. Nice. Yes, yeah, so uh, uh, surprisingly zero four, Your zero for four is scar for scar because you start on less alive, right? I yes. imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can play. You can play scar for scar. You can play snatch. Um, you can just. I think even Kaylee's playing um, wounding blow. Just zero for four that blocks for three. Um, yeah. Like welcome to wraith common or whatever. Um, because yeah, it's just another zero for four red and it blocks for three, which snatch doesn't. And, uh, it's like good enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Dex is oh, cool. Good. My, my strategy oh. against Emperor is just to kill him before he can kill me. That's basically what I do. I'm playing Lexi, by that's, the way, but I'm just like, pew, that's pew. blitz. That's yeah. blitz. <laughs> just kill him before you can kill me. Yeah. Let's go fast, baby. My old um, wow arena strategy. Yeah. To say stuff that um, no one understands. Uh Beast Cleave. Does anyone know what Beast Cleave is? Shout out comments on the down below if you know if you know it. Uh wow threes and fives arena beast cleave. Do it. Beast cleave. Wow. Yeah. It's like it's like a deep is, cut. Like sandwich. no one's gonna no one's gonna know. No one's gonna know. Someone's gonna someone's gotta know. And if you do, leave a comment section below and then we'll give you something. I don't know what it's gonna be, but we'll give you it. Um, I am anyway. a I am a seasoned 1900 and 2000 ranked <laughs> wow arena player. Uh, that that it's like half joking. I mean that's real, but it's like a half brag. It's not like super impressive, but it's better than anyway, we're gonna move on. <laughs> 
I never got duelist rank, all right? I never got duelist or gladiator. I'm I'm a I'm a challenger rival level scrub. Anyway. There we go. Someone's gonna know what that means. I, I swear to god, someone's gonna know what that means. I don't, but <laughs> I did I did play rogue. I did play rogue. Anyway. Of course you did. Absolutely. Yeah, I just kidney shot him. Kidney him. Anyway. Um <laughs> But yeah, speaking of uh, other living legends, you have Kasai's finally rotate out as well, um, which is which is good because she was a d- degenerate deck to play against in Blitz because she just does really really optimal things. Has a great late game with Blood on the Hands. You know, she's the only one that uses um, Minerva Tempsis, which is just ridiculous, um, mm. ridiculous card to have in your arsenal. Just giving you all, all your sabers. Is it give, gives them all plus one, doesn't it? And then mm-hmm. if you if you keep hitting, you can then search for Blood on the Hands, which is just the late game you need to finish it mm-hmm. off. Yep. Um, and she has just. You know, equipment in Blitz is very important, and she just happens to have one of the best fridges available because of the Valiant Dynamos are basically just always online, giving you an extra block one. Um, it's just, yeah, very, very hard to really get through. As an Azalea player, get through that that turn where you need an on-hit, and they can just block their fridge and not sacrifice any of their hand and then clap you back ridiculous amounts. It's mm-hmm. just not fair, really. Um, so... And it's hard to block effectively because they're a warrior, so they can just get you in the in the reaction step. Also, yeah, they can um, just hit you with um, iron song responses or swing bigs on the second one. Um, like yeah. they still play the effective warrior buffs, so it can exactly. be pretty tough. <laughs> so um, we alluded we alluded to it earlier as well. The Centauri saber will not be available for other heroes now because mm-hmm. obviously it rotates out of blitz. So Bolton mm-hmm. is. Um, known to be using Centauri Sabres in his combo sort of strategy. I don't know how far that really goes in Blitz, but there might be room for him now, now that these degenerates are getting the fuck out of here. Um, but, Lumina, um, yeah. Lumina can go Boomina, but now you have to use your hatchets if you want to if you want to yeah, do the, the dual wield. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting. But um, yeah, it'd be nice to see what happens now with these decks as they're known to be out of there. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what people pick up now as a result. I think I haven't watched it, but I saw uh, DM Amada do a video on what you can maybe use to replace these heroes now that they've left. But I haven't watched it, so I wouldn't know what the suggestions I, are. I think there's some pretty like easy, clear cut like transitions. So, like, uh, yeah. if you're running well, you Kano, Emperor, that makes sense. Yeah, if you're running Kano, you, literally the only option for Wizard is is Emperor. So, if you yeah. want to play Wizard. You play, you're playing Emperor. Uh, and then for Kasai, I think she translates very well into the classic battles, Dorinthia. Um, yeah. So you can do... Oh, yeah, God, Silver Dorinthia is actually a pretty close, um, yeah. pretty close um, option for, yeah. uh, for warrior players. Uh, oh, deck yeah. actually, like, kind of seems cool. Um, I think in terms of power level, I, I very honestly think the Emperor does kind of have it going on currently. But um, I mean, yeah, Dorinthia Quicksilver. To be honest, quicker. I'd rather I'd rather play regular Dorinthia, but you know, yeah. But still, but what, if you want that sort of is. if you want that sort of play style, yeah. Um, mm. But nice. uh, yeah, I, there's there's options. There's a lot of heroes in Blitz. There's more heroes in Blitz than in CC. So you have a lot of options, and we're gonna get more heroes. Uh, presumably, six more heroes with heavy mm-hmm. hitters. Um, Assuming you like Warrior, Guardian, and uh, Brute. And, uh, yeah. yeah, one of which is I saw the, somebody... new, the new Kasai, 
which is yeah. interesting. I saw somebody point out on the um, the info page for heavy hitters that um, all of them except for Kasai were question marks. And they were like, oh, well, does that mean that we're not getting any reprints? I'm pretty sure for Outsiders, they did the same thing. Even though we were getting three reprints, they didn't let us know about them until later. Yeah. So um, I, I seem could, to remember that. I kinda, We can talk about this a little bit uh, because I think it. I, I have I have. So I've deduced some things. OK, so mm-hmm. for in terms of reprints, uh, I don't think we're going to get another warrior reprint. I think we're going to another or I think we're going to get another new warrior. I don't think I mean, Dorinthia might fit flavor wise here. Maybe she's traveling down there to get aid. But story wise, at the t- this moment in time, it doesn't make sense. She's like defending Solana like they're like getting wrecked by shadow right now. Um, so I, I don't know if we'll see Dorinthia there. I, I highly expect to see an, another new warrior, hopefully fingers crossed a two handed focused warrior um, in terms of yeah, guardian. I think guardians, another one that we can kind of easily determine if we're going to get a reprint because one, I don't think Bravo is going to be there. First of all, same for the same reason. I don't think Dorinthia is going to be there. Bravo is in Solana currently helping fight back the mm. shadow. Maybe this is like a time skip and they've they've come down and trying to recruit gladiators or something. I don't know. So maybe he could be there in that respect. Um, we're definitely not getting Oldham because uh, there's no uh, <laughs> there's no elemental talent in the set. Uh, but we could get Valda. I think Valda Brightaxe could possibly be a, a reprinted hero here or maybe even a new version of Valda. Um, and then in terms of work as well. Yeah, that could work. I think I, I can see Valda like jamming here. So uh, yeah, I, I, I would like a new version of Valda, but getting getting um, getting a Valda reprint and then an adult version of her would be really cool. Um, yeah. And then and then for Brutes, I think um, either Ko or Ryanar are both on the table to get reprinted here. My guess, if I had to put the chips down. My guess would be a new version of Reinar, um, mm. like Reinar Deathmatch Champion or something like that. Uh, that that would be my guess. But um, yeah, I, I saw a lot of people in the comments being like, "Oh, it's got to be KO, got to be KO for sure." But one interesting thing that they noted is that in the release notes for this and the little blurb, they were they said like there's like newcomers and then old what does it say like old champions fighting to see if they still got it or something like that or, or returning returning heroes to see if they still have it Some, something like that and that doesn't yeah. sound like ko to me that sounds like reinar to me um mm. and people are like oh but reinar does doesn't seem like he's he's the type to fight for money and i was like well that's because not everyone in the deathmatch is fighting for the same reason like kasai wants to raise money I think Reinar would be fighting in the death match to prove that he's the strongest. He doesn't care about the money. He just cares about beating up everyone and winning and proving yeah. that he's the strongest. So I think, I think Reinar is a very good shot. So those are my, if I had to put my chips down and guess, I think Reinar is the most likely to get a reprint. And then and that also makes sense. That also yeah. makes sense as to why other characters won't be in this setting because it's an arena death match. You know, you're not going to have Bravo be there, are you? You know, killing people for the sake of money. You know, you're not going to have Dorinthia there killing people for the sake of money. They need to have some sort of motive. Kasai's well, got one. Like I said, know that. The, the only motive I can see for Bravo and Dorinthia would be the same motive, and that is to get allies and or money to help fight against the monastery. 
and that's it. And I don't even know, like, timeline-wise if it matches up because they're currently, like I said, fighting back the Shadow in Solana because Solana just got absolutely wrecked. And the last time we saw Solana, uh, yeah. Leviah went absolute, like, balls to the wall, uh, <laughs> plasma fet and started ripping up everything. And then we didn't have conclusion to that story. That's the last time we saw it. Plasma fet's just, like, wrecking shit in Solana, and that's that's all we know. <laughs> So we know until until the next until the next dust till dawn related set because it's two of three, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's the second one of three, isn't yeah. it? Um, so, but yeah, um, so uh, so yeah, I don't know where was we going with that? What what where? Oh yeah, because the heroes, because of the six heroes, uh, we don't know who they are. That's right. I expect mm-hmm. to see a lot of new heroes. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if we'll see. Yeah many returning ones and i kind of don't want to see a lot of returning ones i, I want to see some new characters let's see some new characters because we already yeah, have uh, we already have kasai returning and we'll probably have one of the brutes return but let's get all let's get more yeah. new, new characters it's, it's easy to assume that they're going to do the outsiders thing and reprint heroes that we've had before like benji azalea and katsu were just to fill in the draft sort of situation but the fact that they've said returning heroes uh also could give us a hint as to we're going to get old characters but with different abilities perhaps Uh, and that would also uh that would also attribute to the way they're accelerating everybody's living legend points wanting to give people pools um especially with specializations we know azalea is going to get one we know um we know there's going to be other specializations being one yeah um so if if they're if they're reprinting characters but with different names it means that the fan favorite characters will stick around when the other one's ll and you can move all those cards into this deck so, but it works slightly differently that's actually a really good point i was i didn't think about it in terms of that when they said hey we're introducing like 20 whatever new heroes next year that doesn't include like reprints so i would assume that most of the heroes in these sets are going to be new versions of them to increase the potential hero pool so that the current stuff doesn't LL. You know, well, I mean, it'll still LL faster, but we still have a, a larger card pool is what I'm saying, a larger hero pool. So it would make, yeah. it would make sense for and me that they focus more on new mechanically unique heroes. Yeah. And then you could still have, you know, you could still have Reinar deathmatch champion, but you could also have Reinar reckless rampage. You could still have two versions of Reinar, but so when the other Reinar LLs, Reinar stands, Savage Lands mains can still just move all their Reinar cards to the other Reinar, which exists in the same area. Um, so you're still maintaining those people that you know love the characters because we spoke about this before. It's just like, yeah, you can still have all of your Shadow Runeblade cards in Vincette. But what if you what if you just love Chain for his for his aesthetic or his abilities? That doesn't translate to Vincette whatsoever, you know. So I think they need to introduce heroes that sort of pull on the same string of what you're used to, perhaps, but just to a certain a different way. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so you're not losing all of your cards, not losing all of your you're the reason you love the character or the class, basically. Yeah. I mean, um, did we want to? talk about the spoilers or save that for another episode i know we kind of belabored like the assassin one so here i, I can bring up the... yeah we can bring up though i think there was a few that were spoiled we can we can delve into but yeah next week we'll obviously have my one to speak about uh and i'm not sure what else oh we have, we have, we, we have a ton up. 
We we have a, there's a there's mm. a good like one two three four five six. Oh, there's a good like fourteen fifteen cards to talk about. Like we haven't that we haven't talked about. Um, oh really? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. We we looked at the um, we spoke about the assassin ones briefly earlier. So I definitely want to mention those ones because those ones are really co- really cool. The Arachne ones really good. I mean, I think I think both are recently spoiled. I think both assassin cards are like are like quite good. Hold on, let me make sure I get the right. Yeah. Um, the right image up here, but. Uh... Yeah, we can speak about those. We can speak about those briefly. Um. So, Fabray on that, awesome. Yeah, I have I have it up already. <laughs> I, I had I prepped it earlier. So people who have who have uh, who have uh, been watching the visual version saw me pull up cards earlier, and kind of get the regions ready just for this um, circumstance. But I think I might have resized the screen and looking at other things, and I have to I have to fix it again. So. Let's fix it again. But yeah, if, if 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 anybody's got the cards, got the cards there, feel free to read them out because I haven't got them on. I haven't got them. No, I'll, I'll, the I'll bring them up. I, I have it all up here. I'm just fixing nice. the region on here. So the first card I want to talk about is Coercive Tendency. It's the new Arachne specialization. Um, I think both of the Assassin cards, by the way, are very very cool and pretty good. Um, so Coercive Tendency is, uh, I think like legitimately very very good and i even tweeted to brian gottlieb i was like it is a zero cost blue pitch three block that supports um contracts and gives go again uh no notes uh and then i did a picture mm-hmm. of a arachne dab from my from my discord um because I, I have some nice. custom i have some custom fabby emotes in my discord one of which is a uh, arachne dabbing <laughs> So, okay, so yeah. what it is, it's an assassin attack reaction, blocks three, zero cost, blue pitch. It is an arachne specialization, notably not a legendary specialization, so you can have two of these in blitz, three of them in CC. It says, yeah. look at the top three cards of the defending hero's deck, put them back in any order, then banish the top card of their deck. Um, it also says, if you complete a contract this way, your assassin attacks get go again this combat chain. That's the entire chain, not the chain link. Um, so as long as you don't break the chain, all of your assassin attacks will have go again. So what this does is it sets up your contracts because it lets you look at the top three cards, but then you all immediately get a banish one. And so if you already have... Um, assassin attacks on the combat chain then you can fulfill potentially multiple contracts right so if you have something that cares about banishing uh, attack action cards and then something that cares about banishing red cards if you banish a red attack action card you fulfill both of those contracts which is which is really really mm-hmm. cool um so oh, you can so with contract with contract then you don't have to you don't have to hit them you just have to banish them you just banish need to, you just have to banish it, it. yep oh, it cares about it cares about the cards being banished um and so this could immediately fulfill contracts, which would then give them go again. So this is a good way to give a card go again. So this is potentially a zero cost, get a silver, maybe multiple silvers, and get go again. That also is blue pitch and also blocks for three. I think this card is legitimately really, really good. And it is exactly what Arachne needed because Arachne really lacked go again. And it really, really, really focused on like having to hit with your assassin cards to, to fulfill your contracts and get that silver and it could be it could be you could get into a situation where it's just really difficult to amass that silver so you can buy back all your cool stuff um so 
I think this card's great. Oh, I didn't mention art art by Mark Poole as well. So it's like this card is just hitting on all the levels. Um, so yeah, very very cool card. I think it's like really good, and I think it's like a you must play for Arachne. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice for Arachne to finally get a specialization that like is good um, and playable and doesn't kill you. So uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of this card. I think it's great. I might make my own video going over these at some point. Some people asked if I was going to do that. I might. I don't know. Um, but yeah. And then we do have another assassin card. Unless you guys have any uh, comments on course of tendency. What do you think? Belfing is good. I think it's good. I also think the most exciting thing about it is the amount of really intense discourse that's been going on uh, going on about it, like online. Uh, I saw two threads be made, I think, on the same day, uh, saying just completely opposite ends of uh, playability, being like, I think this card is absolutely unbelievably busted. And then somebody else starting a thread like, why I don't think this card is good at all. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. There's just been a lot of very intense discussion around it so far. And you know what? I think that that's really cool. I think that that's uh, the sign of a well-designed card. Um, I I think if someone thinks this card is actively bad, I think they're smoking something because like, (laughs) yes, maybe if it was red, maybe if it only blocked for two, but it is literally it's a zero cost. It's a blue blue block three block three which is already like pretty good, but then also gives all of your assassin attacks go again on, on the, on the combat chain and also fulfills contracts. Unless you completely whiff, this card's really good. So it's madness. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, I think, I think what you get off of this card is absolute madness. I think, mm-hmm. I think, it, it, I think it's really good. Even the look at the top three cards of defending heroes deck, you get to banish one of those cards regardless of whether you get go again or not. So you could just take away one yeah. of their key cards, one of their key specializations or whatever stuff you don't like to see get being played against you. And as well as that, you get to look at the top three cards. They don't know what they're, they don't know what they're getting, but you do. So you know what their next crackback turn is going to be. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can prep for that. You know, you can work out what that value is, you know, uh, if you're trying to, you know, count up all the value points and all of this, which I definitely don't do. But I know a lot of people will do. Um, you get so much information out of this, and you can still you can extend your own turn with it. At the very worst, it creates a turn where you get three resources or you block for three. It's just madness, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't um, think it's busted either. I think it's probably somewhere in between. I think it is like a. I think it is a. Hmm, how do you want to put this? I, st- I think it's just an Arachne staple card. I think you just if you're running, oh, gotcha. if you're mm-hmm. if you're running Arachne, you, you play this card. Yeah, it's just like a foundation piece of building a deck. Um, yeah, yeah. Because we've said it before about so many different cards, but blue block threes are really good. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Especially if they have a good effect as well, that helps. But blue block threes are really good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It fuel it fuels your deck. It's a foundation for your deck. But if you want to play it when you can have access to when you've when when you know when you're when you've got the tempo or whatever, when you actually play this or have the ability to play this, cost nothing to play, you get so much more out of it, which can 
which you need as an arachne player. Mm-hmm. You need that extra bit of gas, and this this is what what it gives you. Um, but the, at the bare minimum, it's I, the resources and the block. Anytime I hear like like discourse like this, like I always think of when Crown of Providence was spoiled, and I I got I literally got multiple people saying they thought it was way <laughs> worse than Arcanite Skullcap, and they're like, it's not going to see play yeah. worse than Arcanite Skullcap, <laughs> and I was like, all right, sure, whatever. Um, I think it's better, but and it turns out, oh yes, it is. Uh, it was quite quite a bit better. Um, Very so good. I don't I don't know if this I don't think this card's busted, but it's definitely not like bad any stretch. This is literally if you play Arachne, this is like everything Arachne wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so and even yeah. if you're going for like a fatigue strategy, this fits in the fatigue strategy because you mill them, mm-hmm. like you get guaranteed mill, and then it also is a blue block three anyway. So <laughs> the next yeah. card I think is awesome. I want to play this in maybe Azuri. Uh, this is Graven Call. This is a new assassin dagger weapon. It's very similar to the other dagger weapons, but there's one key difference here, which I think is really cool. So this is a once per turn action for two resources attack and has go again. Attacks for one, has piercing one, uh, and then it has an instant effect. Not an on-hit effect like the others do. This is an instant effect. Destroy two silver you control. Equip this with a plus one damage counter. Activate this ability only while this is in your graveyard. This card is so cool because it synergizes with flick knives. So you can flick your knives and then get them back. uh, And then it gets buffed up. Now it's a a two attack. I think this dagger is awesome. I want a a cold foil one of these just to have in my assassin suite. And um, if I'm running flick knives, I I want to play this card. And... If you're playing Arachne, I think the new course of tendency is going to help you get silver a lot easier. And so getting being able to buy back cards like the Graven Call are just going to be like a little bit easier. So I, I think this dagger is like super cool. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. What do you guys think? No, it's very good. Cool. Cool. It's- yeah i think it's good uh one important point to note as well that i saw people talking about when it was revealed is uh the fact that it gets a plus one attack counter does not interact with flick knives uh because the damage that is dealt off of flick knives is the damage that flick knives does which is one at all times yeah yeah. flick knives Um, doesn't care what your your dagger's doing flick knives only does what it says it does if your dagger had zero attack it would still do one yeah i mean yeah so Otherwise, I think it's really cool. It, uh, I love all of the assassin cards that you can just go back to the store and buy more. Basically, <laughs> that uh, yeah. that gameplay loop. Uh, I think that's really cool. Now you can do it all. You can do every single equipment piece and weapon piece now. Can bite be can be bought mm-hmm. back now, which is cool. Um, yeah. I just realized as well. Obviously, with Arachne, when you it's whenever you play a card of contract, you get to look at the top card, don't you? The posing heroes deck. Yeah. So you, so, can, you can technically like dig four then because you can you can put that exactly. card on the bottom and then look at the top three with uh coercive with the coercive yeah yeah so mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculous so you could even look at you could even look at more than that because if you have multiple contracts uh contract attacks as a result of um coercive tendency you could even look at five cards and you know and then and then dig for the one you want to banish whether it's a contract card or not you just want to get rid of their key pieces etc uh, I think we, I think I mentioned it earlier, but I think the the information that you can get as Arachne, especially with this new edition, I think is a great way that Assassin should go. Is like just being able to play mind games with your opponent because you know what they have before they do. I think yeah. that's mm-hmm. great flavor. I think that's great flavor. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, really, 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 really interested. And obviously, these two spoiler cards, which were spoiled by Dice Commando and TCG Talk, um, made me buy a box of Outsiders because I wanted to crack some cool Assassin stuff, and I got absolutely nothing. If you want to play Arachne, y'all should go buy Dynasty. Uh, Outsiders mm-hmm. has all the Uzuri stuff. Arachne is in. Yeah. Outsiders. I mean, oh, in, of course. Yeah, it is. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops, I made the wrong purchase, damn it. I mean, I know, to be <laughs> fair, too, uh, <laughs> Dynasty also has, like, some of the most staple assassin cards, and that are, that are the, um, the the main contract cards. So there's, um, you know, Surgical Extraction, all that kind of good stuff. Though Surgical did get a reprint in, in Dust Hold On, so, hey, you know, you might you might open up a Surgical in, Dust, <laughs> in your Dust Hold On packs. Um, that's, that's really, that's, I completely forgot that Arachne was Dynasty and Azuri was Outsiders. I yeah. should have bought, bought a Dynasty box then. Yeah, um, there's... Which, which would have been cheaper, for sure, because... I mean, there are some good that. Outsiders cards for Assassin. I mean, there's a lot of really good ones, but there's like the Codexes, the Codices, there's... Um, yeah. I'm not sure if Arachne runs it, but there's like stuff like, um, like Plague Hive and... Yeah, there's, there's some cool stuff in there, but... Mm-hmm. Um, did yeah. we want to mention any of the other spoilers or save that for another episode? Because there's a bunch, including like the new Kasai. Um, I think we could probably give that its own video, hey? Like just to give them uh, a little bit more time in the sun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And yeah, we're gonna yeah. have Azas to talk about too. So yeah, I do yeah. want to. I do want to mention. Bef- like, there's the new Kasai, which is very cool. Uh, but there's also this card bloodied oval and i do want to mention that now uh warriors have a shield if they want it because bloody mm-hmm. bloodied oval is a generic offhand in fact any any character can use this shield um so there's that bloodied oval by the way is a part of a cycle um they're generic uh, equipment they're all commons they all have blade break and they all have the same effect they have a, a defense value equal to the number of opposing heroes with greater health than you so they're really good for upf so if you're playing in a upf game with four people and all three opponents have greater health than you then this blocks for three in a 1v1 situation uh, it's not that yeah. great it but you know and this no, is that's a, cool because obviously if you if you're if you're on less alive, you know, it, it sort of obviously incentivizes the, the people that are to your left and to your right not to attack you and gang up on you because you've got less alive because you can just block for days because you've got loads of armor with this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's a, yeah, that could also be used as a, oh, what's the point in attacking me? I can block for 12 because I'm on, I'm on low life. You know, what's the point in attacking me? Attack them instead. What I really you know, like about... Deals- what I really like about the oval, though, especially in UPF, is since it's generic, if you play a class that has any one-handed weapon, you can just have this as part of, like, your inventory. And if you, like, yeah. go up against a game and you're like, oh, everyone's, like, physical chunguses, and you're like, okay, I'll just bring in my oval. Like, I might actually have this in my, like, assassin deck, just, like, being like, oh, instead of, like, Arcane Lantern, because I do have Arcane Lantern in my assassin deck, too, I'll bring in Bloodied Oval so I can have more more block value. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, you could do that, yeah, easily. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, but yeah, there's, there's going to be loads, loads of new cards coming out. Um, but uh, the ones that are, the ones that are due very, very soon are, I believe, just going to be special specialization cards um, or stuff that are sort of tailored like- to that. Okay. Yeah, because because we, we got because we got Fane, uh, Fino, who is known to do a lot of Prism stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think I think I think he's confirmed that he's doing a Prism card, right? 
I think so, maybe. I, yeah, I, he uh, he he mentioned something on. I think it was. A, I, I saw a couple of things on Discord of him saying like, maybe don't brew with Prism for now. Um, and uh. I think also mentioned that James White specifically like told him that his his card was the sauce. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe uh, not those exact words, here, but similar. Here's the schedule, by the way, everyone uh, pulling it up. By the time this comes out, some of this, well, no, the stuff's still going to happen. So we have Saturday, December 2nd, uh, Go Again Gaming. I don't know who that guy is. I just some... No, nah, just, just some, some rubbish rubbish creator. Some mullet yeah. guy, I don't know. Uh, and then nice. and then Fino Black, uh, December 9th, which is a little bit a week after that. And then about a week after that, we have Breezy, who's probably going to be revealing... Blade. Probably going to be revealing like a Viscerai or something. Viscerai specialization. These are all expansion slot cards for sure. Not necessarily uh, specializations because we saw that dagger. And the dagger is not a specialization, but definitely all expansion slot cards for sure. Yeah, that's interesting as well, because obviously on Friday the 24th, we had both of those cards come out from Dice Commando and TCG that were both Assassins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got Saturday the 2nd, which is Ranger, obviously, uh, Illusionist, and then uh, potentially Runeblade, but nothing else confirmed as of yet. So I don't know what the rest of the expansion slots are going to be in that case. Yeah, probably just going to slow, slow, roll, slow roll them out. Um I will yeah. say that I have not been contacted for spoilers, so I'm probably not going to be doing one of these one of these things. But uh, yeah, but yeah. Um, mine's fucking quality, by the way. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll spoil a, I'll spoil a little thing. Um, so um, there's going to be another skit involving me and ah, Jim. Yeah, J- Jim did message me. <laughs> yeah, we have like this little nice. this little chat, and he's like, "Oh, as as and I did another skit," and I was like, "Oh, cool." looking forward to yeah. it so that's gonna be um that's quite funny uh eventually so man you're just gonna that. you're just gonna form a, a sitcom with uh with you and with you and him it's just gonna be like the azalea cult it's just funny because it's the, it's, it's the same structure as we had before where jim rings me and it's different time zone because obviously he's in washington and i'm in the uk but this time it's, it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit stranger with regards to the time zone and what we're doing at that as, time. As is time. like buck ass naked in the shower, pulls <laughs> like p- takes the phone, just holds it <laughs> in Hello? the shower, like with all the water. Hey, what's up? Dude, do you know do, do you know you're video calling me right now? And I can see your <laughs> schlong. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jim. <laughs> oh, sorry, let me uh, angle it up a little bit. <laughs> oh, sorry, let me just uh, hold that up. Hello, what do you need? Um, that's a good idea, but that's not what we're gonna be doing. Just holding your though. phone like so yeah full uh, full display anyway you can see like the blurred the blurred sort of video effect <laughs> that you that they use on oh the... my <laughs> oh god but all um... right well well then um i mean it seems like a good spot to to jump into the the arsenal step i think um wow absolutely yeah um jump into the arse i do i will say though yeah uh we we will, we will likely do uh Another episode talking about all of the spoilers so far. Um, possibly the next episode. Maybe we'll just talk about them all in a little bit more detail because there's some cool stuff to be to be spoken about. Um, like I said, including the new Kasai, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you you did a video on it yourself, didn't you? When uh, when yeah. it was revealed. Um, so um, I think you, you spoke about it there. But um, yeah, I can't wait to see. 
again, these are really early, these spoilers. So I don't know whether we're going to see anything else in relation to the set until later yeah, the, on. Because... The spoiler season is like January. I don't know. It's like late mid-January, like 17th or something like that. Um, yeah. So. Um, so I don't know how much we're going to get between now and then, but there was there was a fair bit of a uh, fair bit of rambling on today's episode. So I reckon we could probably just move into the Arsenal now, as you said yeah. um, before. Um, but I want to, I want to, want to actually shout out uh, the living legends podcast at gmail.com mm. to uh, mm-hmm. forward in your stories, comments and questions. Cause we do actually have one in here this time, uh, which I, which we was meant to address a while ago, but I forgot. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do it now. Uh, and this is from uh, Aaron Nash. Good name, by the way. Aaron's a good name. That's actually what my name is in real life. It's not as. Um, He's lying. He's just making that up. His his real name is his real name is as. That's right. Uh, but Aaron Nash says, um, "Hey all, I've been listening, uh, enjoying your podcast for a while, and I thought it would be finally time to send some mail. I was curious on what your thoughts would be for this type of hero in the future of Flesh and Blood. I'd love to see someone that really operates with tokens more. Keep grinding out there." Uh, from Aaron. So um, I think we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but um, heroes that create their own tokens, or maybe it's just a random idea I had, I don't remember. Uh, but this is a this is a card called uh, Felic the Defiled, and the art is the the art from, um, if it, is it if it Infectious Host, maybe? I think the art is from. It's like the guy that's got yeah. holding his head like this. He's got boils all over him uh, from Outsiders. I think it's called Infectious Host. Um, it's an assassin hero with four intellect and 14 health, a uh, young hero. And it says, anytime an attack you control hits, create a blood rot pox under their control and your control. Mm. So you put a token under their control, token under your control. And it says blood rot pox tokens you control deal one less damage to you. Um, so you're spreading out tokens to your opponent but, uh, and yourself, but you take less damage from them. Is the is the card that they've that they've actually designed and attached to the email here? Um, but I, I think, think I think it's a cool I think it's a cool little idea. I think um, heroes to have maybe their own sort of tokens that they generate and maybe give to other people and stuff could be a nice little design space without actually designing cards. You could design things on the hero that then stick around. I had mm-hmm. this idea when i was doing the azalea cult um create your own card competition a while ago with like a a bleeding shot so if you get hit by a bleeding shot you create like a hemorrhage token that you then can't get rid of for the rest of the game and it bleeds you for the rest of the game so these things that sort of create these tokens or game states that affect you for the rest of the game will incentivize more blocking as well because it's not actually on a card it's on the hero so if you hit well this this hemorrhage shot was on a card of course but more long-standing token-based effects could incentivize more interaction um especially when there's no ice anymore it's just going to be no blocks the game going forward maybe pure aggro but we'll see um but yeah cool cool little card what, what do you think of the design what do you think of tokens what do you think of that sort of thing going forward um i like that design much more than somewhat like another hero popping out like ally tokens uh, i like yes. i like the non-ally token stuff because we'll, we'll talk about this in the next episode when we talk about kasai but her new specialization ma- makes allies and i was like 
I'm not sure how I feel about that. I don't know if I want warriors to also make allies in addition to like Runeblades making allies and Illusionists making allies. And at some point, it's just going to be Magic the Gathering where everyone has allies. Um, that is a very good topic for next time. Yeah, um, definitely. Because I have strong feelings on that as well. But I do like non-ally token stuff. I think that could be really cool. I think the, like, yeah. the one that I've thought about, and I've thought about this for a long time, is uh, the Alchemist. I was like, how could the Alchemist work? And I was like, maybe they make potion tokens that like do various effects or whatever um and i think yeah. stuff like that could be really cool so mm-hmm. um yeah i like it i think i think it's uh i think it's interesting for sure yeah i think a necromancer think necromancer could also be a token maker not necessarily an ally token maker but they could make like curses um on your opponent mm-hmm. to give them debuffs and that kind of stuff i think that could be cool too so yeah what was you gonna say bill was you gonna say something uh, I was going to say that I actually do like the design of it, especially because of just how it interacts with the card art that they chose. Uh, obviously, yeah. that was probably like the idea. But um, the fact that it gives you a blood rot pox means that wh- when you attack with the um, infectious host, um, you create another blood rot pox uh, just on attack. And then if that hits, they get a second blood rot yeah. pox. Like that. I think that's really cool. Um Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. So, like yeah, the, the actual card synergizes with the hero that they've put on the hero art of their card. Yeah. Again, that's I definitely that, like actually. intentional, <laughs> but I do like that. Like, you attack with something like a scar for a scar because you have 14 health. Um, you attack with a scar for a scar. Your opponent bleeds one damage through, gets a blood rot pox, and so do you. And then you attack with infectious host. You just immediately give your opponent another blood rot pox. And then if they, um, if they, block it or if it hits then they get a third one and that's three blood rot pox for two da- for two cards and technically you've presented if they get the the poxes as well that's 14 damage over two cards <laughs> yeah um obviously they can still pay for it but i yeah. think that that is a, a pretty interesting hero it's just that zero for fours are really really effective in this deck um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's any more broken than like Channel Mountain Heroic stuff, you know? Oh no, yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's like cool. the just zero for fours with Go again are, are quite good in this in this deck. I, I think, uh, which I don't think is necessarily bad. I appreciate them uh, overly balancing the hero because fourteen health is like abysmally low. Like it is extremely. You, you're low. gonna you're <laughs> yeah. gonna get killed, bro. Like you're just gonna yeah. die in blitz. You're gonna your, die. Your opponent just goes turn one pulverize. Th- this is lethal. <laughs> turn one lethal. pulverize lethal. dominate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'll attack you with like twenty eight odd damage with my Lexi turn. Like good luck. Good luck, dude. I, I drew yeah. into rain razors and three of a kind. Let's see. Let's see what, what you got. And you're running all these two <laughs> zero for four two blocks. You can get wrecked. Anyway, I, I do like. I do like that like they're like they thought about it and they're like hmm let's give them 14 14 health but it's cool as well because it you know opens up this whole other thing as well like you could punish you could if there's a if there's like if you're if you're like a bloater for instance from left for dead when you attack it it blows up it spreads this gas right so you could actually prevent people from attacking you because if they like for instance there was a hero that says whenever you get hit you give them a blood rot instead so you know you're you're actually just disincentivizing the opponent attacking you because they're going to take damage back by attacking you. So that could also be another thing as well. That you know, there's loads of design spaces. Uh, I'm sure Brian's thought about all these ideas already. 
what I, I'm what I what I'm sure he hasn't thought about is exactly what you said. <laughs> A bloater hero, so basically uh, Riptide 2. And when he dies, all heroes adjacent to him take damage equal to the life that he had at the start of the turn. So he explodes. He explodes and deals damage to other heroes. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, this would be for UPF, but I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah. So, like, you actively don't want to kill him because he could blow up and blow up and oh, kill don't, you don't attack him no he's gonna get <laughs> off at any moment and the only hero yeah. with the 75 percent draw draw rate because <laughs> he just uh-huh. just takes your opponent with him yeah uh brilliant but um the, yeah living legends podcast at gmail.com the joke by the way more... was that the design was so bad that brian gottlieb would not have thought about it that was anyway <laughs> yeah but, Sorry to um, cut you off. Yeah, set, that's right. No, set, send us in your wacky heroes and your suggestions, comments, stories, questions, whatever you have. Living leg ends podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, send them in there. But um, apart from that, we can move into the Arsenal step and close it off for today because we have uh, we have done a quite a long one today, which is which is nice, mm-hmm. despite the fact that we only had a few things. Why well, only had a few things? Uh, but what's everyone what's everyone been doing outside of flesh and blood? Anyone got any stuff? going on i i have some quick stuff i can just rapid fire pew, 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 uh because yeah. i don't want to spend too much time on it uh let's grab the 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 other card game stuff so um i've been supporting alpha clash uh which is a superhero card game they recently sent me like a care package of the new set i have a bunch of boxes and stuff probably going to stream opening this and looking at all this stuff this weekend uh i spoiled one of the main uh heroes for the set a uh, war which is the spartan looking dude um so yeah, cool. Going to be doing some Alpha Clash stuff. Also, my good buddy Ian Kenderdine sent me a card game that he's actually been a part of before called Super Show, which is a indie wrestling card game. This He sent me the starter deck of El Super Hombre, the Super Show card mm-hmm. game with Snake Pit. <laughs> and then he also sent me uh, some like little bonus cards with it, including a hero. Uh, I don't know if they're called heroes, the, a wrestler that very much is obvious why he sent it to me. Her name is White Lily, and she's like, a blue or silver haired nice. uh, like ninja girl. And I'm like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, it's me. Um, and then uh, for card games, I one of the card stores that I buy from frequently these days is called 50 Cards. They're a YouTuber. They do like card fight Vanguard stuff. But I've been buying from them because they have really, really good deals on Shadowverse Evolve. And I Shadowverse Evolve, I absolutely love. But for Black Friday, they had an insane deal on tons of vanguard stuff they had vanguard boxes for like six dollars like booster boxes for like six bucks some of them for like seven bucks they had all of the starter decks for like eight dollars like not each all of them all five of them for eight dollars and so i just bought like a bunch of vanguard stuff and so i'm going to be doing a card fight vanguard video or stream at some point checking out the game because i was able to buy like 20 boxes for like less than two hundred dollars and a bunch of other stuff so like an insane amount of vanguard stuff this is some of the vanguard stuff that i currently have but um is it is it a dead game or is it still going no 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 card fight vanguard's like really popular it it's just oh. one of those things where like as all card games and people can even attest for this in regards to flesh and blood it all depends on your your area right uh some yeah. areas anime card games like uh, vanguard and Weiss schwartz do way better and some areas uh more western card games like magic and uh, flesh and blood do way way better it's all very regional based um a lot of folks like to call it like like you'll say they have like a bushy hub which means like a, mm-hmm. a hub of people like just play bushy road games um 
like Weiss and, and, and Cardfight Vanguard. Um, so yeah, Van, Vanguard's quite popular. Uh, and to be to be quite frank, uh, in terms of like YouTube viewership, Vanguard is still in way 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 more popular than Flesh and Blood by by a drastic degree. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, so there there's there's that. Um, and then. To cap it off before I pass off the baton is I've just been playing some video games that are really fun and cool. So I've been playing Wild Hearts, but most of the stuff I bought on Black Friday sales. So Wild Hearts, which is a uh, Monster Hunter like game made by the people who did Dynasty Warriors. Um, it's awesome. It's rad as hell. Very fun. Highly recommend if you like Monster Hunter style games. Um, was and- it uh, Koei or was it Omega Force? Uh, do you know? Do you know? I don't remember. I can look it up. Wild Hearts. It is. Surprised I haven't heard. Of, I haven't heard of that game. Really? So it, I used to it love was Dynasty Warriors. It's published Dynasty by Warriors. Electronic Arts, uh, Koei Tecmo, and Omega Force. Oh, Koei. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, very good. Interesting. Cool art style. It's very. It's like medieval Japanese type of setting, but you have like these what I call Fortnite powers, where you can just build stuff out of nowhere. It's called Kamakuri, and you can just like build like stuff and like you know, build like a big old hammer that whomps whomps the monster or build like a little turret or like a wall so it can block their charge really fun mm-hmm. highly recommended i've been having a blast playing it um and then uh i've been playing some more fighting games i picked up some fighting games on uh, sale so i've been playing uh blaze blue cross tag battle i'm a big fan of blaze blue in general uh and i've never played the cross tag battle so i've been playing blaze blue cross, cross tag battle um it has like blaze blue characters but it also has like persona characters in it it has uh ruby characters in it um cool fighting game and then i've been, i've recently picked back up i did not buy this i've had this for a while dnf duel dungeon fighter duel um great fighting game uh pretty pretty newcomer friendly and they have a new character sort of new character called the specter who's like this cool assassin lady with like sunglasses and stuff she's awesome and i bought her on the black friday sale so mm. i've been doing that fighting games uh monster hunter and then all those new card game stuff that i'll be talking about so that, that's my that's my arsenal step i've been doing a lot more of that stuff recently than than flesh and blood flesh and blood has just kind of been like a little little constant uh you know sail, sailing down the river kind of deal um yeah. yeah it's just how it is though and every now and again just have to do other things yeah. as well it's yeah important i mean to do that. missing out on worlds and then simultaneously like not going to the invitation invitational thing uh it was like a double whammy for me where i'm just like i'm gonna take take, take, a, take a look at some other stuff while i'm yeah. not doing anything with flesh and blood i guess other than like not? normal normal things so anyway what about you guys um i have been just watching more movies recently um i used to watch a ton of movies and uh just sort of stopped being a thing. But uh, I think I mentioned this a little while ago. Uh, a friend of mine and I put together a list of movies that we either like haven't seen that we want to see or that we've already seen that the other person might not have seen or movies that both of us have seen that we just really want to watch again. And yeah. it's like a six page document <laughs> of oh, all nice. of these movies that we want to watch. And um, we've just been kind of going through those. Uh, we're Basically, right now we're rewatching uh, Saw, like just mm. the entire series. Um, we've only done Saw one, two, and then we also watched Saw X. Mm. Um, 
I think I mentioned this one because this was a while ago, but Saw X is maybe the best one yeah. of them. It is incredibly good. And the more I think about it, like uh, as I've watched it and whatever, I think it is the best one. Um, it was and I think even on Rotten Tomatoes, it has like an 86 percent or something like it is like acclaimed <laughs> how good it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the rest of them are not quite as uh, good. There's the the original trilogy. The first three are actually like pretty decent. I liked some amount of Saw 4. There are some fans who are uh, partial to Saw 6. Every other one is garbage. Um, <laughs> and I, there's still a lot more than the ones that I mentioned, which is the bad part. <laughs> I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I made it to to air, but um, yeah, I. I have a I, I've met the I've met the director of photography for at least the first yeah. X sauce. I don't know if he did more. His name is David Armstrong. Um, he's the guy who like set up all the scenes for like the first few saw movies. He talked about it. It was really cool. Uh, I met him in college because I have a degree in film. Uh, he's one of the people who just came by and then spoke to people if you wanted to go do his thing. And then I stayed afterwards and I chatted with him like one on one, like afterwards, just kind of like, hey, dude, blah, 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 blah. Cool guy. Really, really chill, dude. Um I'm a little harsher than Bill, though. I was I, I wanted to preface that by saying I've met people who've worked on these movies. I like the Saw films, but I'm harsher than that. I'm like, I think Saw 1 and 2 are, are good. And then like the like the short film that, that Saw 1 was based off mm, of. The very, original, like the, the spec script one. Very, very good. Yeah. Uh, cool. And then after that, I'm like, mm, <laughs> mm, I don't know. I don't know. It feels like they start getting copium levels of like, it's good. Please. So I trust me. Um, yeah. I haven't seen X. No, though. I like, I haven't seen X yet. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. No, legitimately as somebody who has seen every single saw movie, uh, and has very strong opinions, like saw one and two really, really good. I think they're great. Half of saw three is honestly pretty good. The entire, like the guy going through the, the thing, the side story about John Kramer dying. You can throw that away. That, yeah, part of the movie yeah. Um, <laughs> I I remember liking Saw Four, but I don't remember why I liked Saw Four. Um, so it's probably not even that good. And then yeah, I think I disagree with the the other people saying that Saw Six is good. I think for me, it's like one, two, half of three, and X are like the only ones worth watching. <laughs> I think, and I don't want to talk about this too much because I think I could talk. I can make a whole podcast talking about this, but I think. <laughs> You can definitely extrapolate what you like and then what you think is object objectively good. And I don't give yep. anyone any fault for liking anything. If you're into it, that's awesome. Um, I like movies. I genuinely love movies that I think are trash. So like I'll also <laughs> just say that, for example, for like, for example, the Underworld movies. I love the Underworld movies. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're garbage, oh, yeah. but I, I absolutely love them. <laughs> so I preface that when I say I think a lot of the Saw movies are pretty terrible. Um but I still like them. Um, yeah, but, I still watched you know. all of them. There was only one of them that I was really upset about, and I'm pretty sure it was Saw 3D. I was going to say, is it 3D? <laughs> yeah. oh, that movie yeah. was so irredeemably bad. <laughs> uh, I, fe I felt like they tried to like leverage the, the 3D gimmick too much, and I don't know, man. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> anyway. Jeez. Yeah, anyway, so that's what I've been up to. I've just been watching a bunch of movies. Um, also, the... I introduced this same friend to playing Flesh and Blood, Ooh. and uh, they really like Dorinthia. So. Ooh, good choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, Who doesn't? What's the best movie that you saw recently? <laughs> pun, pun intended. Uh, actually, yesterday, um, 
it wasn't with this friend. It was actually with my girlfriend, Riley. We watched a movie on Amazon Prime called Meet Cute with Pete Davidson and Kay- Kaylee Cuoco. Hmm. Um, it's like a Groundhog Day-esque, like, kind of rom-com um, that actually got, like, surprisingly, like, I don't know, emotional in like really interesting ways. It was like surprisingly good. Um, I was expecting it to be oh, like pretty good. One of my friends actually recommended it to me because they went on this huge Groundhog Day esque kick where they watched every single movie about like repeating the same day over and over again. And that was this was their like their biggest recommendation. This was like, honestly, I think that this movie is the best non Groundhog Day Groundhog Day movie. I was going to say, um, uh, streamer, don't you mean a Happy Death Day like? <laughs> no. Okay. Also, to be fair, Happy Death Day bangs. That movie's really good. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, there's a reason I brought it up. Yeah, because we were talking yeah. about Saw, Groundhog yeah. Day, Happy Death Day is kind of like a little, you know, in between there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, in terms of like recent movies um, that one, I think my favorite movie that I saw last year was The Menu. Like, oh, okay. Bar, bar none i think that movie was incredible um and then yeah so my my recommendations for movies right now like off the top of my head are meet cute on amazon prime uh the menu and saw x uh saw x is for a specific type of person obviously but yeah. if you like the saw movies saw x is i be- i truly believe to be the best one really um, you think it's better than yeah saw like, one? I I really like saw one saw one is a movie that i have shown every single person in my life at least one time um but I think that in terms of just like quality of traps, character development, um, the fact that the characters feel like people and they get back to the actual plot line of like John Kramer is not a good person, but he has his own set of morals up top. Like yeah. he he has a code that he lives by. He is still a villain, but he's cohesive. Does in it science. have any of those it like lame, sense. lame ass, like late series traps where they're like, you can't actually yeah. escape from them? Like I, yeah, it's no. just a, it's just a murder. It's just a murder. I hate those ones, point. man. It's those, just a murder. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it just no. kills him anyway. It's just like all yeah. right, well. But then, of course, there's the one line in I think it's Saw Six where John Kramer says to um, Detective Hopman, "Killing is distasteful," <laughs> um, and <laughs> he says it exactly like that. Like yeah. Yeah. you can you can look up a clip. That's that's Bruh. what he says. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so. Those would be my recommendations for anybody looking for a, a cool movie night. Meet cute, probably the best one for like a cute movie night. Uh, nice. It was it was very nice. I've never heard of that. So, yeah, it's a cool recommendation. Yeah. Recommended. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, that's me. <laughs> cool. Uh, I'll wrap it up fairly quickly then. Uh, with regards to films, there is a film I want to go see it in the cinema called Napoleon at the moment, starring mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and it's directed by Ridley Scott, who did Gladiator, as well as one of my favorite films of all time which i think is really very underrated especially the director's cut and that's kingdom of heaven oh i was gonna guess i was gonna guess if it was master and commander um kingdom kingdom of heaven is really fun uh we actually watched it in high school uh when we were learning about like the middle middle era like crusade era yeah and we actually just watched it in class it was awesome oh it's amazing it has uh has what's his face in it um uh orlando bloom yeah, he has Orlando Bloom in it, and he yeah. has Edward Will Norton. Turner. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's 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 really good. There's a load of, there's a load of stars in it. It's you know it's pure diverse cast. It's brilliant. It's really it's a, good. It's a it's um, a fun it's a fun movie. Yeah, if you like medieval stuff, 
I like it. That's pretty good. It's kind of yeah. long. If I remember. Direct, it is. Yeah, the director's cut is the longer one, but it is the it is the definitive way to watch it as well. There's a lot of stuff in there which fills in gaps, and unfortunately, that's what happens to these sort of sword and sandal esque epics. You know, the director, the, the sort of studios will cut out a lot of the stuff which actually is needed to tell mm-hmm. the story to try and get the runtime down for the cinemas, right? Um, so yeah, director's cuts big fan so yeah kingdom of heaven but yeah that's the ridley scott directed that as well um so he's the one who directs napoleon which is out now with you you keen phoenix in it um so well uh, yeah definitely want to go and see that um but there's a there's a scene in kingdom of heaven which just speaks to me it's against it's you know all the odds there's like what 24 knights that are running into this huge army of Saracens that they're, they're just they're just they're, they're just going to die. You know, they're just doing it to protect the village. Basically, they're they're just doing it out of sheer sheer will, um, which I think is is, is great. And I that that's, that speaks to me as you know, pure oppression. The reason why I like Azalea was because she was garbage. You know, she was rubbish. Nobody was playing her, but I wanted to. You know. I love those scenes where it's like all against all odds. Um, the hope, the potential of potentially succeeding against all odds is a thing that I really like. Um, uh, before people lose their minds, uh, I would like to correct myself. Master and Commander was not directed by Ridley Scott. So no, <laughs> it was Peter Weir did 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 Master and Commander. And you have well, a I, film I, I degree? <laughs> yeah. Quick, name What's five. Name five directors. <laughs> you have. Oh, you so you like movies, huh? Name uh, every movie. Uh, uh, Quinn Tarantino. Uh, uh, Quinn Tarantino. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I understand why you got the confusion though, because uh, Russell Crowe is in Master Russell Commander. Russell Crowe. Yeah, and he's in he's in Gladiator. Yeah, he's yeah. In Gladiator. R- Ridley yeah, Scott. Yeah, yeah. I know Ridley Scott did like the uh, Alien, at least the first. The first Alien That's film, right. Blade Runner, as well, absolutely oh, classic. Love Blade um, Runner. He, so yeah, he's. I'm looking at his history. He's got like a, a hit and miss, because um, yeah, like he so. he also did Prometheus, <laughs> uh, which was yeah. not good, um, and Alien Covenant. Well, I love. Uh, I mean, this this could turn to a whole podcast, but I love controversial directors also, like Zack Snyder has also had that sort of uh, uh, that sort of track record where he's released absolute bangers. And then to some absolute shitstorms, but to me, I absolutely love it. I loved Sucker Punch. I mean, I like you love that. I mean, Su- Sucker Punch <laughs> is like a guilty pleasure movie for sure. Um, oh, it's brilliant. Blade Runner, just by the a way, bunch of hot women you know, running around in dreamlike scenarios. It's just like I mean, yeah, li- they are literally like weird <laughs> fever dream things. But uh, Blade Runner and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Blade Runner twenty forty nine was actually incredible. I was coming in with a very snobby perspective because i love the original blade runner i literally studied it in school i took whole courses on cyberpunk just as a genre um and i went into blade runner 2049 being like it's probably gonna suck and i thought it was like really yeah. good like i really love blade runner 2049 i think it's an incredible movie um so but yeah he's, yeah uh, as you say there's he's done a lot of hit and miss gladiator um, 2 there's gonna be a gladiator i'm just reading his thing apparently there's gonna be a gladiator 2 in 2024 apparently so that's one i'm not really how not really stoked on i don't understand how that's gonna happen it's just bloody hollywood, hollywood needs to take a break they really have do. you they seen the stop, end of gladiator <laughs> it, it, ha- yeah. i don't want to spoil 2000s uh the the 2000s smash hit gladiator He's dead maximus decimus iridius is dead. everyone is dead everyone yeah. dies in gladiator all of the characters are dead except for that lady like yeah I don't know. Uh, how how 
how? <laughs> just it, all this like children are dead too. Like that's the, that's the whole point of the movie. Like it's not like he's got like a son who's going to avenge him or something. I don't know. No, he joins them at the end, doesn't he? Because he dies and goes I, back to the. I wonder if it, I wonder if it's like a prequel or something while he was a the general or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's Hollywood just needs to stop trying to cash grab on existing IPs and make try and make good films again. Um, which aren't uh, there's some flesh and blood did it for fuck's sake they made an IP out of nothing and there's some good films got. here and there there's some good films here and there like original ones yeah. but they're, they're like you know maybe a little bit more rare than uh, exactly much more rare I'm trying to think um, of like the last unique cool one I saw in theaters oh there's got to be at least some cool science fiction ones that I saw well I was, I was supposed to see the creator which 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 had uh, Hans Zimmer do the music for which is again another amazing musical cinematic um person that does great music i didn't watch that just didn't get the time to it but that was supposed to be quite good the creator um There's a, he's making uh, ridley scott's making another alien movie too called alien romulus what the hell really i actually really like the alien movies as well um oh yeah definitely i've, I've um, done i've done like academic stuff regarding the alien movies uh i think it's really fascinating the transition between alien one alien two um yeah different directors though because alien two was james cameron um different kind of vibe alien one oh yeah alien, aliens one's like I, I i argue and i think this is not a hot take alien one is a ho- more of a horror film whereas alien two is more of like a sci-fi action yeah kind of kind of thing Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's right. I cut myself anyway. off there, like after the twenty minutes, twenty minute after yeah. step. But, <laughs> but yeah, it feels like it's feels like it's been a while since we've done this. I don't know why, but maybe it's because me and Bill were in the same room last time. Um, mm-hmm. This hey. format seems like it's been a while, so we had an extra long one today. So we can we can eke it. out some engagement. Hey, what's what, dear listener or viewer? What's your favorite Ridley Scott film? Actually, what's your favorite? You can do that, or what's your favorite movie that you saw recently? So we can we can either tie it into Az's thing or Bill's thing. Um, yeah, my favorite Ridley Scott film is probably the original Blade Runner. That's probably mine. Gladiator is really good too, though. I do like Gladiator quite a bit. Yeah, nice. I'm trying to cool. think of the last well, original film that I saw that was good. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything oh, oh, either original. That? What's that movie? Recent, uh, anyway. I, it's not super recent. Oh, my God. It's like with Natalie Portman, the sci-fi movie. Oh, my God. Oh, Annihilation. Yeah, that one. There we go. That one. Yeah, yeah. That one's good. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, well, we could, we could, um, yeah, we're going to start up a new podcast. It's all about films and everything. Uh, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, that's pretty much it for Living Legends podcast this week. Um, thank you very much uh, for everybody who's tuned in until now and uh, yeah let us know what your favourite Ridley Scott film is or your favourite recent film that you've watched recently whether that's uh, whether that's a new film or something you've just watched recently like Bill said with the rom-com mm-hmm. um, yeah I, just let us know my answer is Loki it's not a film but we, we, we recently finished Loki Loki was very good so. oh yeah there's a load of series you need to catch up catch up on as well uh, Gen, Gen Z was the last thing I watched which was the boys tie-in uh, I'm not sure whether yeah. you, you guys have watched that for all of your fans of the boys, but I'm familiar to watch. Familiar with the boys, but I haven't watched the tie-in. Yeah, so it's pretty good. It's like the it's like the, the the thing that happens between season three and the next season that's coming out. It's the bit in between that. Um, so it's pretty good, pretty good watch. Um, but yeah, anyway, 
that's pretty much it for today. I've been asked from Go Again Gaming. Uh, tune into my channel on Saturday because there's going to be a spoiler there. And then the Flesh and Blood football match content is going to come out the day after that. So a nice week of uh, weekend of content from my my side to go and have a look. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll throw it over to Bill. Uh, I am Bill. I am from the Spike Feeders. Uh, you can find me on social media at BillTSF. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube at Spike Feeders Fab. We do live edited gameplay content. If that's something that interests you, you should definitely come check us out. Uh, and we are currently, I think the last update that I got is that we are basically screaming towards being done uh, editing our uh, live in-person UPF gameplay, which will be hosted on our main channel, which is just the Spike Feeders. Uh, oh, so if you're looking nice. for something like that, uh, it was a very good time. So please feel free to uh, give that a watch as well and uh, show us some support. <laughs> so we might yeah. be doing stuff like that again in the future. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm Cal. And last but certainly not least. Red Zone Rogue. You can find me everywhere at Red Zone Rogue. Uh, for, for Flesh and Blood, I do weekly Flesh and Blood content on my channel. Uh, talk about a myriad of things on Twitter. And you can find me at Facebook and Instagram, all at Red Zone Rogue. Um, but uh, yeah, I will say, if you do subscribe to me on YouTube, you can also expect uh, at least... A variety of content as well. I do flesh, weekly flesh and blood content, but I'm full time content creator, so I also will put out weekly uh, Grand Archive and Shadowverse content as well, plus whatever scattering of other things like this this weird superhero or not superhero, but this weird wrestling card game. And then, like I said, we're taking a look at like Vanguard, lots of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. If you like card games, hey, come hang out. I like card games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But until next time. Uh, we've been Living Legends Podcast, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all over again next week. And uh, yeah, that's it, really. Cheers, folks. Yeah. See you around, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Hot diggity donut! <laughs> <laughs>